Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremover.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremover.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. And do you know what, right? Do you know what? I thought I was going to introduce this guest to you. Quite a while ago, but it ne- but it never materialised. But I've got the man, the myth, the legends, the OnlyFans model, the content creator, the internet extraordinaire, the man who's thrown some of the biggest parties in Australian recent history. Jackson Adoy, welcome to the podcast, my man. Hello, mate. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here, mate. That was a very uh, very professional entrance from you. That was a very nice uh, introduction. I didn't want to be too silly. It was, it was lovely. How are you, brother? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited to have you here. I think there's a lot of... Um, I mean, look, let's face it. A lot of your content over the past and everything that's blown you up to the world has shown your not-so-serious side. But one thing I know from speaking to you at length uh, through socials and in other environments is that there's a lot more depth to you than than what meets the eye. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. And I think today is a good a good opportunity to, to to showcase you know your business acumen and your serious side to the audience rather than just like this 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 funny guy. Do you know right. what I'm saying? No, for sure, mate. Yeah, that's no, good. I love doing podcasts. You sit down, have a good chat. People get to see a bit more. You know, it's like an hour or two of just sitting down. Talking about a bit of everything instead of just a quick one minute fucking jumping on rakes and jumping off bridges and doing dumb shit. <laughs> so you, you, before, obviously, before you, before you found content creation the way you found it, obviously by by doing all these funny skits and everything that happened with Shami and the Luke's of the world, Luke Unwins and all that kind of stuff. Before you started going into all that, like give give us a bit of a background into your childhood growing up and how that kind of and 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 that transition from obviously going through what you went through as a child and then coming out and, and getting into content creation? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I was, I was always doing dumb stuff growing up, like just silly shit, you know. I, growing up, I idolized things like Jackass and, you know, all them crazy shows and grew up watching MTV, you know, things like uh, Viva La Bam, Bam Margera from Jackass, his show. And when I was younger, I always just thought, fuck, I wish I could grow up and just do some stuff like that. Me and my friends, my cousins, we would... As kids, like 13, 14-year-old kids, we'd go down the biggest hills we could find on office chairs. We would prank each other. We would jump off like cliffs into salt bush. Just real, just, you know, tame down, just dumb shit, little stunts and stuff. We used to love that. Like growing up on WWE, Jackass, all these like violent, just aggressive, just full on like silly shit. Like I grew up loving it. And, you know, as I got older and social media became a thing. I started putting videos up, even on MySpace, when MySpace was a thing. I was like really young. You could have a video on your wall and I'd always put a different video up every like month or two and change them videos around. And then as I got a bit older, I moved over to the UK just to work in pubs, bars, nightclubs, all that sort of shit. And whilst I was over there, I watched a few like Aussie creators at the time. Actually, no, this was before I went away. And, and these guys, before I went away, blew up and they were doing really well, traveling the world. They were kind of the first 
YouTube sort of people in Australia to become that big, like internationally known. And I saw that and I was like, not hating them. Like I've always given them good credit. But I was like, me and my friends are, are definitely a lot funnier than that. And we're crazier. And if I could get my boys together and do this shit, like there's no reason why we couldn't blow up and do these things. A lot of my friends loved the idea and would turn up every now and then to make some content with me, but they were all happier just to stick with their their jobs, their safer route and stuff. And good on them, you know, like they're, they're doing well. Um, I just kept going, just kept making videos and started posting to Facebook. And before you knew it, a few of them started going viral. And then my following kept going up and up and up and up. And I was just going crazy with the content. And here I am. When you say go viral back in the day, what what was viral in terms of like views and kind of things back I in think, those days? Yeah, it's a good question. It's because you can never really say what is technically viral. Like, because sometimes we would have a video that might, like it might get a million views, but a million views isn't really viral. It's just like, it's a big video. But if it hits the news, then kind of you start thinking, of, is it going viral? But I think viral is different. Like uh, you could define it in so many different ways. Like, Viral could be like around the whole world or like you could be viral just inside of Australia. It could be yeah. viral through mainstream media. I think once you're getting like 10, 20 million views on videos, that's that's a pretty viral video because you look at populations of this country, even you know, the amount of people that are on social media back then, there wouldn't have even been probably 10 to 20 million people using it in the, in the early days. Yeah. And yeah, anything around that. Me, me and Shami would get videos with like 100 million views. Me and Luke Owen would get videos with 100 million views. Some of my pet kangaroo video that I did, pet snakes, they'd get 50 to 100 million views. Like stuff that's hitting the news, doing the rounds. You get people from, I'm watching this from Germany. I'm watching this from the United Kingdom. And you're seeing new faces, new fans from all over the world turn up and just watching it from everywhere. It's on news channels around the world. That's that's viral to me. When you when you obviously get in these viral videos that are hitting like 50 to 100 million views and you think to yourself, okay, I've got something here. How... Did it take a lot to compute how to monetize that? Or, or were people coming to you telling you how to monetize that? Or is it something you had to figure out? Yeah, it was pretty hard to monetize in the early days because it was still a very gray area. Like advertisement companies, brands, products, all these things were still a bit hesitant about investing money into it because it was kind of like everyone was like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Mainstream media, radio, television, like sports games and stuff. That's where a lot of people put their marketing money. So it was pretty hard to monetize at the beginning, but after a few years, people would offer a couple hundred bucks here for you to mention their brand or they'd send you some free shit. But I never really liked the idea of doing the whole brand deals and every day I'm promoting a different teeth whitening kit or a skinny tea supplement or, you know, proteins and shit. Like, yes, I've definitely promoted some stuff in my time in the early days to make some money, but it wasn't really about money. I just wanted to do it to make people laugh, make people feel good even just weird people out, you know what I mean? Just have people like, what the hell is, like the shock value, it lights me up, it gives me energy, I like seeing people just react to shit. And I didn't really ever start with the intention of making money out of it. I just did it and then more money would come along, then people started monetizing videos on YouTube, Facebook, these things and yeah. Was was it, was you, you being the class clown in your childhood, is that kind of where it stemmed from? Mm, I'd say so for sure. I was always that, that guy at school, always a class clown, just doing dumb, stupid shit. Because <laughs> I, I know from my childhood on a personal level, like when I was a, when I was a, when I was class clown back in the day, it was always because I was trying to get some attention to answer some maybe other questions in my life that perhaps weren't you know, like some numbness in other areas of my yeah, life, you know, some definitely, so I feel, you know, like uh, I've talked openly in the past, like I felt a lack of love in certain areas of my life. Yeah. And that's why I used to seek attention and, and, and be a, is that something that you felt? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was a lack of, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it was a lack of love, but I do say there was things there, you know, I think you, it's a good, it's a good topic to speak about is 
I grew up in a pretty good family. My parents did a great job. You know, we didn't grow up. We grew up in a pretty low-class family, not a lot of money. Um, but my mum and dad both worked extremely hard to make sure my sister and I always had food on our plates, a roof over our head and a bed to sleep in. And that was that was like a blessing because, you know, we grew up in a nice little small beach town. I had the beach every day, I had rugby, all those things. My childhood was pretty good, man, like pretty pretty good for the most part. But I don't know, I, like a lot of the time there, it is like that. So you feel like something's missing, but you don't know what. I couldn't put my finger on what was missing. And it yeah. was like I, like, I wanted to make people laugh and feel good so they wouldn't feel shit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. I like to do. I like to try to cheer people up and make people feel good. It didn't mean necessarily that I was always down. It's just like, I don't want people to feel shit. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I understand exactly what you're trying to communicate there because it was, it was similar, to, it was similar thing that I went through myself. It's like you, you, you make people laugh, but it also helps you feel better. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of like a medicine for you. And that, and that's kind of what I meant with, with, with what, what I was going down. I wanted to understand. The, the psychology of you as a child and ha- and what you were and what you were living through at that moment to kind of understand why you went along this along this mm. whole path because that, it's a pivotal point that not many people talk into yeah you know like some some of the things that people go through so you start going along this journey you, like you say you're getting these hundreds of views you're starting to you're starting to get paid at what point then did you think to yourself right I've got to go all in on this and you know stop working any jobs that you had and all this kind of stuff and and start to really put your full attention into it yeah it's a good question mate um i'd say it was when i was about 20 maybe 21 i was helping my dad out with a bit of laboring doing tiling and uh, i was doing that maybe two three days a week but then i was also working in a pub in my hometown three four days or nights a week so you know i was pretty pretty busy with between both of those jobs but any spare time i'd put every dollar every bit of money that i was earning whether it was four or 500 bucks a week, I'd put all of that straight back into just to make some videos, buy some props, pay someone to come help me out, everything, you know? And as I said, once some companies start saying, oh, hey, here's a little bit of money, here's this, here's that, can you talk about this, can you promote that? Videos going viral on YouTube, making a couple hundred bucks in a week, and I'm like, whoa, like... And I'm sitting there in the pub, people treating me like shit, talking to me like shit. It wasn't so much the work that I didn't like. Like, I was okay with laboring, I was okay with pouring beers, I was okay with making drinks and serving people, but... After a while, as I started, my like my brain was like tricking over and I was like, yep, I'm making a bit of money now from doing these videos and I love doing these videos. So I'm making shit money essentially to be treated like shit, spoken to like shit, told what to do like a fucking slave pretty much. This is what people would treat me like half the time. And bear in mind, I was still making videos and I was working in these, like people would walk up into the pub and go, oh, being famous on the internet doesn't pay the bills, does it? You know, like, and take the absolute piss. Be like, oh, go make a fucking stupid video. People would give me shit. And, you know, after a while, I was like, you know what? Like, I can't just stay here in this small little hometown in this bubble being talked to like shit to make the bare minimum. If I can even just make $200 a week from these videos or from whatever I'm doing somehow, I'm going to quit. I quit with about 600 bucks in my bank account and I didn't fucking care. I was like, I'm quitting. I don't care. I'm going to make it work. Did my grandma's house for a little while in the spare room there with my partner at the time. Just went hard, man. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this work one way or another. It's, it's plan A right through. If it doesn't work, cross that bridge later. But that was never a, never a question in the back of my head. It was always just like, this is going to work no matter what. So if, the, if there's people listening to this then that, 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 that know that they've got something going in their life that they want to lean into but don't have the confidence <clears> to lean into it, what would you say to them in order to help them move, move through and, and get into what they should be doing? I'd just say go for it. Just say, go for it, you know? Like, if you're doing a job, and everyone's like, oh, it's easier for you to say you've got money. It's like, no, I wasn't always there. Like, I never really had money growing up. I was never spoon-fed anything, you know? I didn't get handouts or anything like that at all. And, you know, I think 
if someone wants, if someone's unhappy in a job, if they've got dreams, if they've got things, I say go for it because that corny saying YOLO, like you do only live once, go for whatever's going to make you happy because in my head, it's like I would rather die in the process of chasing my dreams and staying broke instead of just working for someone just to pay the bills. And I saw a video recently that really resonated with me and it's like, go back a long time ago during slavery times, whether it was in the Roman Empire times or you know whatever time during slavery, they made people work 16 hours a day slave labor and in return they get food and a shelter over their head and that was it. Nowadays, nothing's changed. Just they're getting given like a little bit of money instead of like a roof and a shelter over them or food. They're going to the work, they're doing their work, they're coming home and they're getting paid just enough just to pay for their food, just enough to put a roof over their head and they're left with fuck all at the end of the week and they stay on that repeat stress trying to save money to get ahead. If an emergency happens or someone gets sick or there's an accident, floods, house burns down, some insurance problems, no one has enough money there. Everyone freaks out and they've got to go to the government and shit's just like that. It's like you live once, life short, go for whatever it is you want to do, I reckon. Just find a way to make it work. There's always a way to make something work. I think it's all about sovereignty as a human being, isn't it? It's like taking hold of if you t- if you don't take hold of your destiny, you're someone else is going to take hold of it for yeah. you. And ultimately, then if someone takes hold of your destiny, <coughs> you're not going to be you're not going to be fulfilled in what you're doing because you're because you you can either build your own or or, some, or you can build. So that's saying, else. bro, it's like either build your dreams or someone will hire you to build theirs. Yeah, that's no, no, it's a hundred it's a hundred percent true. And and just even hearing about like someone like you who's made millions of dollars online now creating content. Um, even before OnlyFans, you've got you, you had to lean into it and take that take that take that physical leap when you yeah. when you didn't even know if it was going to work or not. And I think that a lot of people will see people like you and un- not understand that you've perhaps had to do that when you didn't know the answer yourself. Yeah, I think there's I think it's important that a lot of people take that leap if, if that's if that's you have to meant. take the leap of faith, man. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with working a normal job and having a stable life. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like I. If people are happy to do that, then so be it. You've got to do what you've got to do to pay your bills, look after your family, your people, whatever you're doing. But there comes a time, man, where it's like either you're going to chase it and make it happen and just take that risk. Because at the end of the day, most jobs are replaceable. Everyone out there working their job is pretty much replaceable. You could drop dead today. Your boss isn't going to give a shit. Like, oh, damn, that's sad. I hope his family's okay. Next. You know what I mean? That's essentially what it is. You're working in a normal job pretty much. You could drop dead some of your friends and family will be extremely shattered for a long time. Your boss ain't going to care. He'll hire someone else to come fill your job. So go out there, chase your own dreams, do what makes you happy, build your own shit. And if it takes a fucking 10, 20, 30 years, or even if you never get there, so be it. Because you can die happy knowing you spent your time doing things you're passionate about and chasing your own goals and trying to build your own shit. You don't fail till you like, till it's over. It only, it's only a failure if you give up and stop, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no I fully agree with you, mate, because... Uh, I resonate with everything you're saying because it's something I've had to back with myself. You know, I'm 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 a case proven for doing it. I don't know, I don't know everything about everything and how it's all going to work out. I just know that if you continue in the pursuit of what lights you up, I just know it feels a hell of a lot better than pursuing something that doesn't. Yeah. So I just encourage anyone that's listening to this to do exactly that as what Jackson's just said because if you don't, you just kind of you, you kind of you'll never. I, th- I think Jackson people think finding their purpose is something that happens like that but I'm I've, still looking for purpose to this day yeah to this day I'm still looking for it I had I have had things that I have done along the way and you know I've gotten a bit over it or I wanted to try new things or evolve or learn something different and even to this day I'm still I think a lot of people float around without purpose and I think when someone doesn't have purpose that's when things like depression set in and confusion brain fog and 
things like addiction might start, you know, like, cause if people don't have a purpose, they don't know what they want in life or what they're doing. That's why it is. People do go for their normal jobs in the nine to five life. Cause it is relatively easy. You can wake up, you go there, you don't have to use your brain a great deal. You just go home and then that's it for the day. Just go home, you can work out, you can sit with your partner, watch a movie, make some dinner, go to the beach. Don't have to think, when you're running your own businesses, you've got to account for like your staff, do all your like your accounting, keep on top of your taxes, save money, spend money, hire people, fire people, make all your content, do all your work, recruit staff, editing, emailing, personal assistant work, as well as trying to manage having a life outside of that for relationships, family, friends, holidays. People, people only see the glitter and the glam of like that life of being an entrepreneur or having your own business. They don't see all the other shit that goes into it. It's like, oh, he just got lucky. You know, so. Well, it's easy to it's easy to discount success by saying it's just luck because yeah. then it stops you as the person who wants that in their own life from thinking. 100%. So if, if I look at you and I say, oh, Jackson's just lucky, then instantly I've just shut down my, 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 my frontal cortex, basically, my thinking brain to be able to say, do you know what? Actually... If he can do it, I can do it too. I just have to do it a different way for yeah. myself, you know? So they, 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 they shut down their own growth by, by saying that it's just luck to you and they perhaps don't even realise it. So that's that's perhaps something that might help some of you become conscious of that. Maybe you do that with the guy. You know, the, you know the classic story of like the guy who drives down the road in the Ferrari and people resent him. Mm. It's the it's the people that go, that's fantastic. How did he do it? How's that? Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic and celebrate his wins that actually free themselves from, from ultimately and, and have more success. Obviously, we're talking about some of the, some. You were talking about some dark times. You can go into some dark times. I know you, on a personal level, have been through a lot of dark times throughout your throughout your journey, um, whether it be with like the the steroids or, or drugs or you know break toxic breakups and yep. all this kind of stuff. Just w- when was the first time you went through your proper um, your first real painful experience in regards to all that? <clears throat> like along the journey since I started kind of doing all this stuff yeah, at work. Yeah, yeah. When, when did you, when did you start like a, cause obviously like the, everything that you've been through that I know on a personal level, like the, the steroids and that, it, it, everything, everything came from an abuse and yep. the abuse, the, the abuse at the time was to mask something else. Right. For sure. Well, well, give me, give, if we just talk about steroids as a specific example, you were taking this, taking the steroids at an excessive level to, to mask something else. What, mm. what, what was the something else you were masking and what were you trying to get from the steroids? You see, when I was young, I was a bit naive and I, <clears throat> I didn't look into it like that at my age when I was doing it because, you know, that's about seven years ago with the whole steroid abuse chapter of my life. Um, I was about 17 and a lot of my friends were doing it and big and, you know, I played a lot of rugby and I was never a very big kid. Uh, and I just started taking it just to put on size, to play, to play better, to be stronger, to be bigger, to be a performance enhancing. You know what I mean? It was cheating really, but I just wanted a shortcut and that that's probably what it was I was trying to feel. I, I was trying to have a substitute for hard work, which isn't something that I usually stand for. And I didn't think into it like that when I was young, bro. I was just like, oh, cool. These boys are doing it. They're my friends and they look cool. And they're, they're cool guys. I'll do it too. Before you know it, it didn't become about like, oh, I'll just put on a bit of size and strength and being better at rugby. It was like, okay, I want to get more of this and take more. And I just want to be fucking diced and muscly and just jacked and high sex drive, high energy and just look good, pick up girls, look really cool. That whole like shit you go through when you're young, a lot of guys do. Um, for four years there, I was just abusing so many different steroids at, at once when I was really young and like my body wasn't even fully developed. What kind of what kind of substances were you taking? Testosterone, sustenance two fifty, which pretty much do the same fucking thing. Um, <laughs> went through stages with Decca, my face was like that. D-Bowl, the tablets, Anavar, I tried Trend, tried Masteron, tried all this shit. Tried HGH when I was like 17, 18, which is fucked because 
doing that at that age, your body's like still really developing. Wow. Yeah, did clenbuterol, did... um, that's probably about it for the, the 30,000 things I just suggested. <laughs> but yeah, I, was, I wasn't doing all of them at once the whole time. You know, I would try all different things, see what I liked, but my head just started going, man. And I had to stop. I had to stop it all. And I just got off everything cold turkey. Never, I didn't even know what PCT was. Just stopped taking everything cold turkey. My levels just went. And that's when my mental state just started getting really bad because my hormones would have just been fucked. My body wasn't producing testosterone. I probably stunted my natural human growth hormone development. Probably like just... A lot of things, man, you know, they cause a lot of problems. And I got off and didn't touch it again for a very long time. And about two, three years ago, I saw a doctor. My testosterone levels were low as hell, like absolutely horribly low to the point where you can have bad depression, no energy, no sex drive, no motivation, horrible sleep quality, easier to store fat, harder to lose fat, harder to gain muscle, harder to hold muscle. All these symptoms of low testosterone, mine was just really low. And I had higher estrogen because I abused so many things. So my doctor put me on um, testosterone replacement therapy, legally, safely, with blood tests, regular work with him to make sure I was on top of things, a really low amount of testosterone injections from the doctor, and that picked me back up to a normal level. I stayed at that, doing that for about 12, nearly 18 months, and then I gradually got off it properly, did all the things I was supposed to do, and since then, my levels have been really good. Just take all natural supplements, things like that now, things like maca powder can give you energy and and can help you like have a higher sex drive. Things like tribulus, you know, there's zinc, there's diets you can take. There's things you can do to increase testosterone and still get peak performance without having to inject shit or eat tablets or abuse your body and fuck shit up. So it's, it's, just, it's, it's just interesting to me because when I look at um, your whole life and how, you, how you've suffered through different things in your life, it, it started off. It started off with the abuse of steroids because steroids lowered your testosterone, which made you feel a certain yep. way, which opened up the doors for other things to happen in your life. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's been times when you haven't felt fully fulfilled in what you're doing, or maybe not de- not depression, but maybe a de- more of well, a. That's around the time my back got really bad too, because I stopped playing rugby because I was just all about getting into the gym, and looking fucking big, and you know the whole saying, "Use it or lose it." You know, and I stopped playing rugby, which means I wasn't using en- enough of my core strength, my back strength, my leg strength. I wasn't training stretching keeping strong so my back just got really weak because i was doing bricklaying at the time <clears throat> so it was just a stem of things the back problems the low testosterone all these things and then it just then a big bad breakup and making poor decisions my, chem- my brain chemicals were just fucking scattered so 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 the break did the how did the breakup come into all that with the whole like how did that all come together with the breakup and that yeah um i wouldn't say like steroids as such caused a breakup like it was just me my journey where i was at i met a girl in the uk she was an amazing person from the day we met to the day that we stopped dating she was mature respectful and great handled the breakup amazing she's a very strong cool chick you know um we haven't spoken in ages and as as you shouldn't you know not all exes are going to stay friends and talk forever which is great i wish her well she met a new person and um i was really happy for her because that's what she deserved and what she probably needed in her life um i couldn't provide what she wanted in somebody and I think the steroids and all these things, like I kind of stopped it around about a year before we kind of, oh, actually, no, I was probably still doing it pretty close to the breakup. But yeah, you know, like as you were, you were asked a question about like what was some traumatic experiences, what were some big things. And as you said, the steroid stuff there and then my back pain started kicking in. Then I went through a breakup. It was just a big chain reaction of just then just everything started happening, you know? But but what what's interesting is that everything bad that was happening in your personal life but everything good was happening in terms of your content creation mm. at the same time yep. and the, and and this is like the kind of the fight that i could see you having from the outside looking in as you were going through that journey 
I didn't know exactly what was going on in your life, but I could see that potentially like different things were, were, were going on at certain points in time where you're like, you, you know, you're having all this success with this content, you're kicking off, you get millions of views, but then are you truly happy because you got low test, you're struggling with, with, yeah. with, with, with this, that and the other, you're abroad. Cause like, didn't you kick, I mean, when you started to kick off here, didn't you go to the, wasn't that, didn't you go to the UK to, to catch up with, Kristen and then you started to co- collaborate and isn't that when things started to really take off for you yeah so probably so there was a there was a kind of a, a timeline chapter right like from you know when I started all the abuse and stuff and I moved to the UK on a working holiday before I even was doing anything on social media really and that's where I met the girl I dated for four years or so roughly like that she moved back to Australia with me kept abusing all kinds of shit um and <clears throat> you know abusing like things like steroids and just all dumb shit and like you said, you know, my career was going really well. I was blowing up. I was gaining internet fame, if you'd call it that, you know, and I'm um, getting millions of views and all these things. And like you said, I feel as if I sacrificed a big chunk of my happiness, my mental health, a bit, like, it's like I, I sacrificed a lot of my health and well-being for this game, you know, like to put my life into this. I sacrificed relationships. I put things aside. I ignored health problems. I tried to take shortcuts with things, you know, like, all I wanted was just to win, just to make things happen. And, you know, I did everything legally. I've never had to do things like breaking the law or ruling people's lives along the way or use people or take advantage of people. I've done everything really, really well. I've got a pretty good reputation, you know, like, and I've still got a lot of good friends from day one that were around still to this day. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just a lot goes on, man. And having like this crazy ADHD along this way has made everything just fucking, you know. Are you, were you were you put on like Ritalin for that as a kid? But I just gave it to all my friends. I didn't really like Ritalin. <laughs> you it's just sold it. <laughs> I didn't like. It was weird as a kid. You know, I liked being like fucking a million right. mile an hour, and I didn't, right. I liked that I couldn't focus. It was fun. It was the chaos was fun for me as a kid. And as I got older, I feel like because I didn't handle that shit as a kid and face that and try to dig to the root cause of it, I feel like my ADHD as an adult's gotten thirty times worse. I think. ADHD, because obviously it's something that I've gone through myself. I think when it's channeled into the right thing, you can actually use it. Superpower. Yeah. Hyper focus. To, to really dial you in. Like once I found podcasting and stuff, it worked for me. But when I tried to apply it to other things, it's 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 worked massively against me. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of them things that you have to when you actually do know where to focus it, ADHD is a brilliant thing. Yep. But, and, but whilst you're, whilst you're walking around life, um, without this, without this so-called purpose, without <clears throat> this meaning to it, or chasing things that you believe will give you meaning, but are just vanity metrics. Mm. When, whilst you, whilst you're doing that, whilst you got ADHD, you're fucked. hundred percent. And that's the thing, man. It's like people watch me on podcasts or see my content. They're like, Oh, Jackson's coked out of his brain here. He's talking fast. He, I lose his focus. So he talks about this, then talks about that. I'm like, no, I've just got pretty bad ADHD, you know? And like, that's the thing for me is I do have a hard time focusing. But like you said, when you're doing something, you know, you really want to do it's hyper focus all in. And that's what I was like, you know, I started the videos and that's all I cared about. And then my relationship went to shit and my health went to shit. Cause I, I, I'm an all or nothing person. It's like, if I've got a goal, it's like when I did only fans with Maddie, you know, it's like all in social media, fuck off. I don't care about you. Like I'm just going hard on this. I don't care about my health and create nothing. I just want to get in and just do this better than anybody. You know what I mean? So it is true. Like if you can learn how to use that and channel the energy of ADHD into something more powerful and it can be huge. Do you ever felt like you've lent your ladder against the wrong wall and the wrong metrics? Like in terms of when you've got to this pinnacle outcome that you've imagined in, 
imagined a certain way in your mind when you get there did you ever feel like really empty inside oh yeah yeah hell yeah what 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 was the what was the first situation where that came in because people i don't know man it's like less friends along the way because you have to start your trust really gets tested because people will take advantage people will try to come in and take a pie like take a slice of the success you've earned People will try to come in, take advantage of you, use you, pretend to be your friend. And once they get what they want, then they'll rinse you out. You're gone. And that's happened a lot of times with me. Give us an <clears> example. Oh, like a bunch of boys I lived down with in Sydney, you know. I moved everybody into this house, covered all the bills. I probably had 20 grand to my name at the time. I'm not going to mention names or anything like that. But, you know, I moved into this house, paid all the bond, paid the rent, you know, paid all of uh, food, all the videographing costs, editing things. And I said, move, let's move in. None of these guys really had like a following. I said, I want to move in. Like, let's just get four or five of us make like a really fun group here and let's do vlogs for my vlog channel for 12 months. I'll cover everything and we'll make content. You don't have to spend a thing, you know, and I was helping them out. I was helping them grow on their Instagrams, their Facebooks, giving them ideas, putting them in touch with things. And all they had to do was just jump in my content. And the moment it started after a couple of months, it was like, well, was it all about Jackson and Doherty vlogs? I'm like, well, I told you this from the beginning. We're going to build up this vlog channel. I'll help you guys grow after 12 months, see where we're all at. You guys probably could have a good career after the end of this. Like this is when my vlogs were going crazy a few years ago. And you know, I spent nearly everything I had to my name on the bond, on rent, on trying to, you know, buying cars so we could jump them into ponds. And I believed in the vision. And we started posting them. They were going crazy. And then Ego got in, got involved with the other people. And they were like, oh, I'm, now that I've got a following, now that this, I don't want to be a part of his thing. I want my own thing. And that's cool. You know, I could, I could, I could sound hypocritical because I was building my own thing. But I was the one that had the following there, that was putting the money behind it, that was bringing the resources, had the ideas. I had the, the vision there for it. It's the same as... If fucking, I don't know, Steven Spielberg called me and said, hey, mate, I want you in Jurassic Park or some shit. And I turn up and I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to be part of your thing. This is mine. It's just like, no, you just rock up. If you're just there to be an actor or be a part of something. like, Was that a similar thing then to, to what happened with you and the Shami situation and all that stuff? Because obviously you and, <coughs> you and him were building quite a viral thing. You were mm. obviously good friends at the time. You're both winning in your own arenas, but you're coming together and making all this content. Is that a similar thing that happened where there was a kind of a, a miscommunication of, of, of value and substance in that relationship? I think the thing with um with Shami, you know, like we, we don't really get along. We're not on good terms. We haven't been for a while. And I still, you know, whatever it is, what it is, I'm still friends with his brothers, still friends with his friends. We've got a lot of mutual friends. So it's something I don't really want to have a whole bunch of drama there for the rest of my life and grudges. It is what it is. I wish him the best. Our futures just weren't aligned. He wanted different things to me. I wanted different things to him. We were we got along really well. We had fun when we'd party. We'd have fun when we hang out. Um, we were making videos and we were killing it. We we're doing really well together. Then the moment you know, business, money, other people, things get involved. It gets complicated and messy. And you know, he's done really well for himself, and I'm I'm content and happy with what I've done for myself. Um, we've gone down different routes, done different things. But yeah, that's pretty much all there is to it. At the end of the day, bro. It's just like I'm not going to sit here and wish wish you know bad things upon anybody and sit here and live the rest of my life with hatred. I've let go of a lot of things. You know, he did things that I didn't like. I did things he didn't like. And at the end of the day, man, like when you're young and you get thrown into these things and then heaps of money comes out of nowhere, you're blowing up, you're gaining internet status and becoming known. Shit's going to happen, man. Like that's going to happen with anybody. And you see it with the best of people and, and people have falling outs, people have problems. It's, you know, we had a lot of similarities, but then we were also really different. So it's just, it's just, it's interesting when you talk about how, like, obviously, as soon as, as soon as money starts coming in for what you're passionate about, 
there starts to be a lot of egos attached to, to that money and everyone wants a, what they perceive to be their fair slice of the money. Well, things just got <clears throat> things just got tricky because he got like he had like a new business partner, not someone he works with now, but he's one of his old business people, him and them them two have been going at each other in court for years. And I'm not gonna mention names or go into too much detail. It's not my shit to tell. I'm just explaining that in the situation when you got a new business partner involved, it wasn't so much like, oh, Jackson and Shami doing their thing. It was okay, now there's another guy on your end. It's like, okay, I'm not really, this isn't really like a team thing now. It's just like, you're doing your thing with your business partner. You guys are doing your shit. I'll do my own thing now and do, do stuff like that. And we're still cool. But that's just, you know, like you said, when the money gets involved and it becomes more about just like, how can we get paid? What's the business side? What can we do? Whereas I always was just chasing, like, I want to make people laugh. I want to blow up and just try to help people that are struggling mentally use my fuck ups through life, like my steroid abuse when I was young to try to educate younger people or even older people to not make the mistakes, things like that. I wanted to use my platform to be able to help people, make people laugh, smile, feel good. I didn't really care about the money. Yes, money is great. I've been able to help my family and I'm stoked with that. But yeah, you know, like, and there's nothing wrong with what he wanted. Not, not at all. It's like, he's entitled to that. And that's the thing. If you want money, like go and chase that money if it makes you happy. But it's just, you know, when people's futures and their paths don't align, they don't align. And, and that's where we're at. I'm not going to say anything bad about him. Um, yeah, it's just what happens. I think it's just the nature of, nature of, of life, isn't it? Like you, you were speaking about before that moment, you were speaking about how, you know, the, the cycle of friends changes as you go through this, this whole journey and you have to be willing to let go to some extent of these, of these different entities in life. You know, yep. you know, he, and and that's just one of those that's just one of those things along your path that that kind of went down in like a kind of a social media <clears throat> history kind of way that, which everyone had questions about when I was obviously doing a bit of other deep research into into you like there's a lot of there's a lot of questions around that. that's why I asked that because you know ob- there's obviously a, a little bit of when that when those situations happen there's obviously a little bit of like you'd you'd have felt a little bit lost at that point, right? You'd have you'd have had to pick yourself up from from what would have been a down moment. Yeah, well, I'm an emotional dude, you know. Like I, I'm not an emotional guy. I sit here and crying all the time, but you know, I feel things a lot. You know, like I, I don't know whether it's to do with my ADHD, whether it's to do with other things. I can't really blame anything other than that's just the way I am. That's the way I was born. Maybe the things I've been through, but I like to to look at people as like you know family sort of thing. Like this is us, teamwork, these that the other, and then when things don't work out, it, it is it is disheartening. But you can't sit around and be like, oh, poor me, poor me, and cry about it and just fucking stay there and lost. And yeah, it, it does suck when things don't work out and you lose friends along the way. Like to this day, like since I've been up here, probably one or two people up here uh, have been my friends for more than a few years, you know? Like most of the people I grew up with, I'm not even friends with anymore. Is, 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 that's got to be hard though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sucks, man. You grew up with people like... The hometown stuff was, was shit, you know, like you grew up with a lot of friends, play sport with a lot of people, drink, party, hang out on the weekends, do all these things. You start trying to chase your dreams and then people will put you down, including friends. They'll be the first people to tell you that you can't do it. A lot of, not good friends, but I mean, people, I looked at everyone as good friends and they're like, oh, you're not going to do this, you're attention seeking, you're like never going to get there, blah, blah, blah. And then you start holding resentment back towards them for like, why don't you believe in me? What have I done wrong by you? Like I, if you chase something, I'd be stoked for you, you know, like- do you, how out of your friends that you have now, how how many of them are like you know serious friends that have been around for for a long period of time? You got good focus, mate. I'm, I I'm, like I'm, it. I'm ice cold, bro. My brain just starts getting a little bit distracted. What'd you say? Sorry. So, out of the friends that you have now in life, how many of them are actually friends that have been around for a good period of time? 
What do you what would you say a good period of time is like? Well, at least like five years or more. Oh fuck. Um Oh, I mean, Lockie, I've known for a while, but Lockie's been working with me for three, four years now. But before that, I would never really knew him well. Um, my mate Alex that lives up here, he does a bit of work on and off for me, just got a casual thing. He's from my hometown, but up here on the on the coast or Brisbane, people I like know just, here. Just, just, I mean, actually in oh, life. Oh, anywhere in general? In, in life, bro. Oh, fuck all. Fuck all, bro. Because, because the interesting thing about that, for me, is like you know, if if I think about how many actual true friends I've got, I've probably got about between five and ten, and I yep. think I'm lucky to have that many. I could say I've got that many. Do you know what I mean? And, and, I'm, and I'm happy with that. But what I want people to understand is that as you pursue things like you pursue and you've pursued, like as you start to go up the 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 ladders of whatever perceived success is to you, right? You you start you start to you start to shed a lot a lot of you start to add a lot of weight mentally but you start to shed a lot of weight in terms of people yeah is essentially what happens i just got desensitized to it all as well bro i just stopped thinking into it i was just like this is what it is and it gets depressing <laughs> is it, so at what point in your journey did you go to america and start to really blow up out there i think i first went to america in 2017 i think it was 2017 maybe yeah and or maybe the year before bro but yeah i went out there maybe early 2017-ish, and um, I think I was about 21 or 22 when I went there, and me and Shami were there together making videos, just doing like dare challenges and pranks and all sorts of shit, and we had a lot of fun. Our shit was going crazy out there. I was doing naked shadow boxing in the streets, and you know, we were doing wild stuff together. I wouldn't say we blew up on an American market out there or anything like that, but our videos were still popping off and going well, but then when I went back uh, in 2018 with my friend Kristen, Kristen Hamby, we were doing really well, and then we started... And we did a collab with the Nelk Boys, with Supreme Patty, we were in David Dobrik's vlog, hung around, you know, Jake and Logan Paul. Um, what is it like ho- hanging around with that level of creator? Well, going from where I was here in Australia to only knowing a handful of creators here to getting out of here and then being the next step, you know, it's like out there, I'm like, whoa, I'm around these people. Like, this is all achievable. I could be doing exactly what these people are all doing, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. Like, I'm not good at running like big structure or organizing having <clears throat> organizing having heaps of people work for me and all these things and a big team. I like to just have an intimate small little circle group of people. We just grind. Yeah, maybe we'll make less money and, and make less work and things but I don't know, having that many people around me all the time working it'd just be too too hard to keep track of. Is is that is that one thing you noticed about then those creators is the fact of like how much how much back of house team there is in like a Logan Paul. They wouldn't have to use their brains for anything. They've literally got Everyone around them, like, just like, do this, do that, say this, say that, post this, post that, talk about this brand, talk about that. You have to say this, call this person out, box to here, be here, train there. Like, your food's cooked for you. So, so that's the level of organization that's around a, a Jake Paul, a Logan oh, Paul, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Net, all the but they're, they're cool dudes, bro. Like, I've got nothing but, but good things to say about them. I've spent actual time around them, so I can say from experience, everyone that hates them has never met them in person. It's like, oh, I hate him because you see what you see online. But that's a persona to an extent. You know, I went on Logan's podcast. I went to some of Jake's fights. He flew us out there back in 2020. You know, I've spent a decent amount of time around those boys, whether it's just being in content or having a beer, drinking, whatever. They're really nice guys, man. And, you know, I, I get along with them both pretty well. Nothing bad to say about them. But, yeah, the, the organization behind them, they've got fucking monstrous teams working for them. So is that what you're trying to systemize in your content creation now? You're trying to systemize the back-of-house team so that you can go and take it to the next level? Nah, not really. Like, I've tried a few times to, like, really build a team around me and stuff, but I'm just so OCD and anal with everything. And it's like to get people to do the right jobs, like other than Lockie and maybe my friend Alex, it's been really hard to find people to do like 
the jobs that I want to the level that I want, like my standard level of things. So just creates more problems and stress and just gets me irritated because it's so hard to find people to do a good job, you know? But how are you going to scale into it without, without the right people on the bus? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Like teamwork makes the dream work. You need, you need people steering you the right way and stuff. But I don't know, I've got trust issues as well. So it's like, I, I don't know how I'd feel about just having all these people swoop in and be like, do this, do that. We need you here. We need you there. Like give us some money, give us that, take a big percentage of my work. You know, I know in terms to go to the next level and to make more and to do more. Yes. You need a team around you of people to do those things. But I don't think that that's what I want, man. And it's not about being lazy or it's not about that. It's more just, I'm content to make just like the money I've made and just try to stay at that level. And I don't want to be at that level where I like I can't go down the street without having fucking huge people running up to me. Like I like that people still come up to me where I'm at and stuff in public now, but I don't want to be at that level of like the Paul brothers or anything where, you know, you, you live under a microscope. You, you mentioned trust there. Mm. It's interesting you mentioned that because what was the first point in your life that you felt your trust was broken? Well, that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Not even from a therapist. <laughs> um, like... The, the real first point? I honestly can't track back to the first point. Like with career things, there's definitely- No, 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 no. This happened in your childhood. Yeah. So this wasn't in your career, bro. This, the trust issue that, that I can see in your eyes right now happened in your childhood, mm. not, not in your career. Yeah, no, it's a good question, man. I really, I really like that. It's a unique question, but I don't know if it's, you know, when I started doing the videos, maybe, you know, and like I had heaps of friends and stuff just start really hating on it and- Everyone would sit in groups and be like, oh, let's all report his videos so he can't get his videos out there to the world and stuff. And this is back in early days. Sometimes it would get removed, sometimes it wouldn't. People still do mass reports now, but now there's all the AI and systems set up, so you can't just report a video and it's gone. But maybe maybe things like that, you know, like a lot of friends I grew up with that I was good to, that I hung out with all the time, that I thought were really good friends, turning, but who knows? I'd it's interesting. Did you, did you ever experience, like, a point in your, t- a point in your life where, like, your mum or your dad, you felt like they compromised your trust or, you, or a family member? Uh, nah, not really, man. My my family was always pretty good. Like, it wasn't a perfect childhood, but it wasn't terrible. Like, no, nah, I don't. I don't know, man. My I always credit my mom for doing an amazing job. Uh, she she gave everything. You know, she, her my mom and dad worked religiously hard. You know, it's hard to get everything right as parents. It's hard to get everything right as, as a human, let alone as a parent. Like, it's a lot to take on, especially in a lower middle sort of class family. You know, you got to work really hard. It's hard to save. It's hard to get ahead anything bad happens and then you're pretty screwed until you figure it out. But no, I, I don't know, man. I, I love my parents dearly and I give them a lot of credit. They did a great job, especially dealing with me as a kid. I wasn't easy. So it, it's it, the, the only reason I asked you is because at different parts in my life, the, the key, the key things that have moved me forward and allowed me to answer questions in, in other areas down my timeline is the fact of like understanding when did that feeling first come into my life and being able to yep. process that and actually re- truly box that off and when you box off that inherent feeling of where it first started it then as a chain reaction frees you from all the other events yeah. because if you constantly go through life feeling like you can't trust anybody then you are in a state of fight or flight which means you're always on edge because yeah. you always think someone's going to fuck you over. That's why. I, that's why I ask you what happened in your childhood. Mm. 
No, yeah, no, I understand that. <clears throat> I just, yeah, I can't really come up with a good answer for that. That's, 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 that's all right. It's just something to think on, in, you know, to take away. It's like to, to think on into that because I guarantee you when you when you think into that. It's, it does create those traumas though, bro. Like I said, like a bunch of my mates and that, you know, not wanting to see me do well, not wanting to support me, not wanting to help, not wanting to, I didn't need help. I didn't need anyone to do anything. I just like, I didn't just, need people just, to go just, against me. You just me. wanted to feel like people had your back at that I just didn't want people to go against me because, you know, if some of my friends where I grew up, if they made it into like, I don't know, NRL or played with like rugby union, the Australian team, or if they became an actor or a famous fucking artist or something, I'd be the first person to be like, congratulations, I'm extremely happy for you, well done, give me any information or any tips you can, I would love any advice, you know, but a lot of people are just like, oh no, fuck that, he's this, that, the other, like, I, blah, blah. but then years later, they all come back, oh, promote my fucking t-shirt company, promote this, like, hey, can you help me out with that, or hey, I'm looking at starting this, would you shout this out, I'm like, well, where were you, you know, where the fuck were you when I started this shit, like, yeah. and I was never a cunt back, but I wanted to be. Yeah, no, no, I, I I get it because do you find that in Australia specifically that there's a lot of tall poppy syndrome? Hundred percent. That's that's one thing that I really experienced in the early days. You know, because I grew up in a small town, and it was really bad. Then I left to go to a bit bigger of a town, which was Newcastle, and then you're exposed to more people and more friends, bigger circle. Things happen, and then it's even worse. And then you kind of just realize you can't really get away from it. What you, you can't control, or you can't always control what people are going to think or say about you, or what they how they judge you. You can control how you react to it. And I just learned to just not even read it, look at it, not care, just talk to my good friends, do what I felt was right and just kept going full steam ahead of my goals and what I wanted to achieve and everyone else, fuck them. You know what I mean? Does, has that trust trust issue that you obviously have within yourself, has that affected the depth of relationships you can build with 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 what could potentially be good friends, what could potentially be a good partner? Mm-hmm. Is that is that is that kind of really I'd say in, so yeah. yeah yeah I'd say so I'm not ashamed to admit anything man I'd, I'd say so for sure throughout my life there's been times I've never really been like rude to people and like just had big falling outs for no reason you know but there's been reasons where I've held my there's been ways and times where I've held myself back from what could have been a good relationship or could have been a good friendship but yeah yes buts maybe it is what it is it's life <laughs> so when you what what was your kind of thinking then around You've got this beautiful girlfriend, this Maddie at the time. You're dating in America. You've met her. What was your thinking behind going all in on OnlyFans? Because surely that's something that's going to be toxic towards any relationship that you actually yeah. have meaning in. Well, there's a lot of relationships, man. Like it's, <clears throat> like I agree and I disagree. I think there is a lot of relationships and couples out there that do an amazing job at balancing work, work and life, and they st- and they just genuinely love it, and they grind, they make their money, they do OnlyFans, and they're happy. I've seen healthier couples that do only fans together than I have couples that don't do only fans together. It's just personal preference. Everyone's different. Some people handle things different. Um, the reason I started doing it was, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I made an only fans page to do pranks on about four or five months before I met Maddie. And I was supposed to all the nudie runs, the crazy shit that we were doing and like new pranks I'd make or new dares or new things I do that were a bit too extreme for social media. I was posting them on an only fans page. Right. And then I went out to LA Jake Paul flew me and Kristen on a private jet with all the boys and that to Miami to watch his fight. Party, got fucked up for a week. I was around Vitaly at the time. And he's he's had a pretty up and down journey as well. He's done some dumb things, you know. And then I watched him around this stuff. I was like, whoa, he's making so much money at the moment with his website. He's had all these like... Things going. I was like, this is a good good lifestyle, what you're doing here. This is cool. You're making sick money. It's just girls having fun and blah, blah, blah. Didn't end well, but went back to LA went to Dan Blazarian's uh, Valentine's Day party and me and Maddie knew of each other. We'd never really spoken much. We met 
and we started dating and she was doing OnlyFans and then we decided, you know what, let's do an OnlyFans page. We'll make some funny like nude skits, no porn, no XXX content. Just get in, have a crack, have fun, blah, blah, blah. I was living in LA with her, started doing it. And then we had this influx of like 40 to 50,000 subs the, from the moment we started it. Cause I, we released like a viral video around like a flip the switch video. And I had the idea of doing like viral adult related TikTok skits as like my niche for it. And we did that, posted it. All these subs came in. I was like, sex tape, sex tape, sex tape. I'm like, fuck, you know what? I was already bored and sick of social media already because it was so strict. And I'm one of those people, man. It's like, it's hard for me to do things that I don't enjoy doing. And, you know, I was in a comfortable, convenient situation with my like finances where I was with life. So I had the the um the freedom and the blessing of being able to choose if I didn't or did want to do things. So I was a bit sick of making the funny videos, a bit sick of doing that shit. And me and Maddie were like, fuck it. Let's just go hard with this. Let's make it worth it. Let's do it right. All or nothing. And yeah, we got involved and... It was a lot of fun for the most part, but yeah. But I can or, I can already feel from that they tested your tested your mentals out a lot. That mm. you know what I mean? Because obviously, you, you you I know that you had a lot of unconditional love for that girl. Like it, like just by looking at the uh, the way you talk about her, I know that there's unconditional love there. So ha- how having having your un- unconditional love is in your, the woman that you love as a work project as well how does how do, how does that psychologically affect well it wasn't that? it wasn't work to begin with it was like we were just we'd met we fell in love with each other really quickly and it was just it was hot it was fun it was wild i hadn't met a girl like that before that was that was like crazy and fun not crazy in a bad way and you know we, our energy was pretty matched and we're pretty fun together and it was like whoa we can we can just make heaps of money together and have fun and just enjoy our time. And it was never like, oh, do you want to do want to like work? Like, we just met each other and started dating. Should we work together? It was never about that. It was like the same reason I started doing social media in the beginning was, wasn't was for money, you know? OnlyFans is different because obviously you're making money quickly. But in terms of Maddie, it wasn't like, oh, let's start, let's date so we can make money. It was never about that. It, it just eventually did become about that, you know? And how much money were you making in those days? Oh man, the first few months were insane you know we're making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month for for a while there and just just from just from like little that that, that wasn't even from from the main sex tape was it no no we got 40 50 000 subs paying 10 bucks a month and you know then on top of that there's content you could sell content you could do and yeah, it's just is what it is so it's it's and obviously you went from that and obviously you invested the money in in real estate and stuff like that so a lot of good came out and of it, tax right? Fuck you, Australian government, for that. So, so even though you were based in America at the time, you still had to to pay Australian tax? Yeah, well, I was still technically a tax resident of Australia because I bought a house before I started OnlyFans. Like, I bought a house, you know, in the Gold Coast. Um, <clears throat> I bought a house here, and, you know, I was already doing okay for myself before I did that. It was never a desperate ploy, like, I have to get money, I have to get money. It was like, I was content making the money I was making. I just wanted to have fun, try something new, met Maddie, it felt natural, it felt right in the moment. But yeah, it's just yeah, just the tax and stuff here is fucking shit, <laughs> mate. I uh, I fully I fully I fully get where you're at with that with the with the tax situations. At the end of the day, right? You it's kind of a it's kind of a country that I feel that if you're if 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 you're not structured in certain ways, it's not incentivized for you to go and do more, is it? Well, really? they don't want people to make money here, man. Like, I know it sounds all conspiracy theory bullshit, but it's like. If people here start making good money, then they slowly lose control of those people. So they, they want to take as much as they can. You buy a house here, oh, hey, 20, 30, 40 grand stamp duty. before. Oh, it's because the government can. You know, it's like people just take, the government here just takes, takes, takes. They don't want you to like, to make money unless they have full control over you. They don't want you making money. So they'll just, man, the taxes here is horrible. Like 
I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I know people that make hundreds of millions here that are very successful, and even they get smacked on yeah. on on the tax systems, or you know. But the, the, but as you go through business, the tax breaks benefit you on more and more as you go through the tax code as you go through the levels of, of wealth you know from the tens to the 50 millions you're obviously going to be a lot better off yeah. in terms of like the the advice you're given and, and the kind of weight you can have so it's 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 all but as a as a creator someone someone like yourself who's who's just going out there trying to trying to make his his millions out of you know only fans or other or, or content creation you're going to get smacked at the highest level if you're not structured right well that's it it's like I didn't grow up with money, so giving away that much money that I have given away, it's just like, it's just not a good feeling. But at the same time, people will watch me like, oh, well, you're poor you, you know, you've made millions of dollars, I had to give a couple hundred grand. But no, you know, I've paid well over a million dollars in the last two years of tax. And from where I grew up, I wouldn't have even been making 30 grand in a year. 30 grand in a year, that's I, I suppose you can look at it look at it two ways, though. You can either look at it of like, you know, you've paid more. You've paid more in tax than you you'd ever wished to earn. Oh which hell is, which, yeah! Which is fantastic because that means you've earned a phenomenal amount of money. So yeah. the, you can you can structure it two ways. You can look at it as a, as an empowering thing or a disempowering thing. It's just like obviously for the future, are you looking to move abroad? Are you looking to structure yourself better like that, or how are you going to move? Like I've that? always I've always spent a lot of time overseas every year. This is the longest I've been in. This this year alone has been the most I've spent in Australia since I was like probably eighteen. And I don't know, like, about moving, moving abroad. I wanted to move to Dubai. I got a bit sick and came home, and I was in a bit of a weird spot. But, yeah, I don't know. We're just – I'm just going with the flow at the moment. I'm trying to not think too far ahead. Just take each month as it comes, really. Like, I know I'll be back overseas shortly. I'll be back in Dubai. From there, I'll probably go to Mexico or uh, back to America for a bit. Dubai is somewhere I've been, and obviously I'm – I'm thinking about being for certain periods of time in my life, but it's not a place you could be all year round. No, hell no. The air quality is horrible. It is a very fake materialistic place and they have a lot of strict rules around things that I enjoy doing. And it is a great place. I'm not going to knock Dubai. Like I love going there and I've got a lot of friends that live there. And I think it's, I think it's a place you hit and then you leave, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not sustainable to live somewhere like that. Like, I know a lot of people that live there and they say like, oh, I really want to like move or leave and stuff. And I'm like, why don't you? Like, you know, there's just like, that's the thing about Australia. I can sit here and complain about my tax, about all this bullshit about, but you know, you come to Australia, the roads here for the most part are good, good healthcare, pretty much good schooling. You know, like we get, we get, get it pretty good out here. So in, in, ter- in terms of countries in the world, and I've been to a lot of countries like the, this is the best overall to, yeah. li- to live and work and living conditions. Yeah. A- a- and, and all that kind of stuff. But the problem that I find with Australia is the fact of like, even if you get to the top of the game that you're in, i.e. content creation or podcasting, you know, it's like you're capped now. Yeah. That, that's your level. Well, you gotta, you gotta go somewhere else to get to a new fucking spread level. those wings and you gotta, you gotta spread those wings. So what, what, you must be you must be considering America again and and sending it over there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll go back there probably December. I'll probably be back there. I've got a few good things happening over there that I'm that I'm going to work on a few podcasts of my own and jump on my friends over there. Um, probably just try to get on heaps of other people's podcasts while I'm out there and just you know spread my messages, talk about my stories, promote myself. Just you know get over there and have some fun and see what happens. I've always wanted to do acting eventually. Maybe that's something down the line, but who knows. So, so what what actually makes you happy at the moment? It's a good question, man. Like, I love working out. I love just being fit and healthy. I know that that's like a, it's not like, it is something, it does count. It's like, I love training. I could, I'd spend my whole day based around like 
running down to the beach, swimming, working out, lifting weights, doing boxing, eating healthy, hitting the recovery centers, doing oxygen work, all these, that shit makes me feel amazing. I love it. I like hanging out with my friends and, and getting outdoors and doing stuff. In terms of work, I don't know. I don't know. I, I love making podcasts. So, so if if that's what genuinely lights you up and genuinely makes you happy, why wouldn't you structure your life to do more of that and less of like the OnlyFans stuff and all that stuff? I feel like I feel like that stuff. You, you've done your day with it. You know, you've done your day with it. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like a thing. I know we're talking pre podcast. Maybe you do a bit more. Maybe you don't. You, you're unsure. But like, why wouldn't you spend your time focused in actually? push putting your money now because you've got enough money really like when you break it down investing into what you actually truly love yeah yeah that's a good question i just haven't really put the thought there it's like i'm still attached to doing other things that have worked in the past you know like i would have stopped making videos three four years ago but there's just something in me that i just can't let go of and i'm just like i just want to keep doing it you know it's not the only fan stuff it's like if i could have stopped making videos three four years ago i probably would have i just i would have moved into something else but i didn't know what else so i've stayed doing these things that work and that people enjoy because I didn't know what else to kind of do. And with my brain, it's hard for me to find things that I truly enjoy. When I do, like I said, I'll go crazy hard with it, but I've struggled to find something for the last couple of years. Is it, is it, is it, do you, do you find yourself that you're making stuff then for everyone else, but you at the moment? Oh yeah. I've, I, I've always put a lot of people before me, however it looks or whatever people may think. I've always made sure people around me, like I've been, I've done a lot of things for people where it went, I haven't been in the position to do it. I've helped a lot of people and I always try to put other people, you know, I want to make videos so people can laugh and feel good and, and be entertained. I've always done these things, but yeah, it's, yeah, that makes sense. The, the, the only thing that doesn't sit, sit well with me is like that, that I feel like you are making videos <clears throat> at the moment for others, but ultimately you've got to be filled up with your yeah. cup yourself. And like maybe, I don't know what the answer is in terms of only you know the answer, but the art, the answer is as far as I can feel into it is like, you've got to lean into more of what lights you up because you've got, you're in the position now where you've built a career that allows you to do that. Yeah. You can't, you can't live, you can't live your life f- f- trying to make other people laugh. You've got to make yourself laugh, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the thing. I've been over making pranks and all that stuff for a while. I don't want to end up in my 30s and 40s fucking pouring water on my friends while they sleep and pretending to laugh and all that shit. Like, you know, but that's the same thing. I've got friends that do it and good on them. I'm not going to hate on that. But the thing is, I've developed an audience through those things. That's what the people that follow me now want to see. So I do things like a podcast and everyone's like, to get someone to commit to an hour podcast to watch it, like they're used to watching a one minute video of me, just instant action, instant, like, crazy shit yeah so for me to and i love making podcasts that's one thing that lights me up and i've been going good with that you know it's probably i haven't been this consistent with something in a long time you know i've filmed months and months in advance and i'm i've got future guests planned future topics i know where i want to take the show i know what i want to do with it so that's been good fun for me but yeah it's just you know it's almost like starting from zero again because you know i've developed millions and millions of followers online across all platforms for crazy dare videos, skits, pranks, challenges, all these things. So to sit down and start doing podcasting, people are like actually finally hearing me speak properly and sit down and talk for an hour, two hours on things. And all these people, that's not the content they really enjoy. And they don't follow me for that. For them to look at me, it's like watching, I don't know, it's like watching like a a movie actor who only does extreme action movies going to do like a love movie. And, you know, it's just like two different things. So my audience and my followers who have like enjoyed me, 
to get them to enjoy this new style of content. It's just going to take a long time. It's almost like I'm trying to pretty much develop a whole new audience again. Yeah, because you're a bit like Jason Statham. Jason Statham <laughs> can only do an action film yeah. at the moment. You know, he can't. He couldn't do a. He couldn't do a. He couldn't do a romantic love yeah. scene. Because it's just not just how Jason Statham rolls, is it? We we know him as a guy who's going to roll in there and shoot some people and smash some faces. He's Liam that, Neeson. Every movie's the same. Yeah, hundred percent. So, like, how do you how do you plan to pivot that amount of audience into podcasting into into the, that kind of long format content? When 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 let's face it, the 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 most attention span that most of your audience has is four seconds, literally, and. I don't know, man. I really don't know how it's going to happen. I just think consistency. If it never, if people, the the way for my mental state to stay clear through this is like no expectations. Like I'm going to enjoy it. I'm passionate about it. I'm going to keep making it. I'm spending a fair bit of money on creating them, and I'm making no money, and I don't care. I'll do that for a while. We'll see what happens. If in a year from now, two years from now, if it's not for me, then so be it. But I don't really care if they stay getting the views they're getting. I'm happy with the views they're getting. You know, they're getting ten to twenty thousand views on YouTube. And Mate, you do you're doing brilliantly on YouTube. And but YouTube's it. always been a YouTube's always been a stronghold to you. Yeah. I think the benefit the benefit the benefit that you have as a podcaster is the fact of like you know you built up a a, a really great following. So you so even if you said like ten percent of your audience watch podcast, ten percent of your audience at two million is a lot is a lot more foundational listeners to a podcast than what I started with. You know, I started from zero, like literal zero, because yeah. I wasn't creating content on the internet. So it's like that—that's a positive. You got to take that as a positive. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same it, thing, vice versa, bro. You've you've gotten a name for yourself and done well and done things with the podcasting. Whereas if you started making like quick thirty second viral wild pranks and dares and doing dumb shit, maybe the guys that have followed you and the people that follow you for your podcast, they might not even like to see that stuff. You know? Yeah. yeah it's just yeah, the yeah. same thing flipped, really. It, it, yeah, hundred percent. It, it's it, it's it's just you got to. That, that 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 that's that that is the that is the case in point. The case in point is like you know, as any content creator, anyone putting content on the internet, the content first has to serve you before it can serve others. Yep. And that's why I was that's why I was pushing you in this podcast about and challenging you on thinking about you know why create four second videos because that clearly is not what lights you up anymore. Like, it did. It did. It served me well for a good part there, but I grew out of it. I I wanted to try new things, and yeah. Like I did enjoy doing the short things at one stage of my life. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. At one for, stage, for a good while, one I, stage, I absolutely yeah. loved it. But yeah, the last couple of years is something I've been over, and it's something I keep revisiting and stopping, and then thinking like, oh, I don't want to do it, but I probably should. Or what if I don't do it? Is this going to fall behind? Or, but now I've let go of all this shit, man. I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm at peace. I'm like, I don't need to be like the guy or be like a known as like this person doing crazy viral shit and really famous. I don't need to know be known as that. Like I'm, I'm so fine with like just moving into other things. People want to support and follow it, so be it. That's cool. But I'm in a good position and, you know, I've got a few good ideas for my future that I know will work and yeah, it's not over till it's over. Do you reckon you'll ever do things like, you know, like just one day, just be here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing? What do you mean? Like in, just like one day, just be like, right, I'm out. Yeah, I could see re- that one re- day. Re- I, re- I could re- see retire. that. Yeah, I could see that one day, but I don't know the the showman inside me would probably just never really want that. You know, it's like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I was made to entertain people and to do things, whether I want to do it or not. That's like, I will probably walk away eventually and just have a day where I'm like, boom, see, that's the end of this. But for the time being, this is where I'm at. And I don't want to focus too much on the future. You know, it's like they always say, if you're thinking too much about 
the future. You're going to have anxiety. If you think too much about the past, you could be depressed. Just trying to live in the moment. So how do you, how, how do you, how do you set goals and, and, and all that kind of stuff in your life? Do you, do you, do you, do you have, do you have a, like a vision board type scenario? Do you, do you write things down? How are you structuring it all? No clue, bro. Literally just floating around. Just, just taking each day as it comes. I've got a few things in my, you know, I've got a lot of business ideas, a lot of projects, a lot of content ideas, things I want to do, guests I want to get on my own podcast. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say like a vision board, but I've got a lot of stuff in my notes, in my in my diaries, in my books, all these things. I do a bit of writing and journaling and shit like that. So there is things I want to achieve and things I want to do, but for the for the near future, like this surgery, bro, like it's it's tested me and it's set me back a lot with a lot of things. It's been a really wild year this year, so I've just... My brain's a bit scrambled, but you know, I'm going to, it'll all come back together eventually. It's not, it wasn't an easy surgery to, to commit to, you know, it's three, four months out of your life completely. Someone, obviously that was where you had, they had to go through your front into mm. your spine, wasn't it? That is mad, mate. Yeah. They cut through the front, move the organs aside, cut through the abs or whatever. And you know, they pull the discs out or move them, whatever the fuck they did. Then three titanium discs straight in. Uh, then screws behind him to lock him in for the, until like a calluses starts growing over. Restitch the abs, close you back up. Catheter in the cock. It was horrible, man. But you know, it's just that that was something you had to go over to get rid yeah. of this constant pain. You were yeah. saying that you were facing every day of your life. I didn't time things well this year, but I mean, it's better now than never. And I think, whoop, feet are all cool. But once I'm good, like once I'm through this, I feel like I'm going to be the strongest and happiest and most clear-headed I've been, man. Like this year, you know, I've I went through a minor surgery in March in Mexico, failed surgery, made me so much worse. Um, a failed surgery in what? I got a thing called a discectomy where they shave off a bit of the discs yeah, to stop yeah, from herniating yeah, yeah. and it just made everything so much worse and I don't know why, but it did. And there was heaps of medications after it, painkillers, things that were interacting with the medications I was on at the time. Then a week after that, went through the breakup, came back to Australia, you know, and went to Dubai, got really sick, came back, decided it's time to sell the house, sold the house, got back surgery, it's just been like one thing after another this year and it's been really hard for me to sit down and have an honest, clear-headed think about, okay, what is it I'm going to be doing? Like you said, do I have goals, vision board, these things? It's been really hard this year to actually plan or think or write goals because it, like I haven't been, I've been very restricted, you know, I've been wanting to do a boxing match for years, but my back's just really held me back. I can still whack, I can still train hard, I can still do things, but I just could never really break through the next level with my back hurting so much because when as you turn into punches through the hips your back would feel like it oh, mate, It was just time. because all my discs were degenerated and herniating everything it's just bone rubbing on bone and i was throwing the fucking fridge door behind every punch as hard as i can i'm just just aggressive and i just throw hard punches and i would take a few painkillers rub deep heat all over my body get in there and stretch move around take me like an hour just to warm up to be able to actually box then i would train really well the moment i go home shower sit down i'm frozen for the day i can't move after it you know just my body is just pretty much paralyzed for the rest of the day. I can't do it. I've le- left it all there. No energy for anything else. Always drained from the pain. So it causes you to be a bit irri- like irritated, drained. It can make you feel demotivated. You sit around because I'm a high energy, active person. Like I'm an athletic dude. I want to train. I want to be fit and healthy. But that's one thing that I've always loved. I don't miss more than a week in the gym my whole life until this back surgery. No matter how sore, no matter how down, no matter how depressed, no matter how injured, if my fucking back's been shit, cool, I'll go and do some leg curls. If my legs are fucked, I'll go do some bicep curls. If I can't, I've always enjoyed exercise. I've always enjoyed getting out and being active and playing sports and things. So my back problems to have that, a lot of that taken away from me, you know, and just all these things happening at once. It's been a really hectic, chaotic year with the house selling thing was really stressful, but. So, so walk me through why you sold what was your dream house. Because when you bought that, wasn't that your dream house? It was. And, you know, it still was a great house till the day that I left, but. 
things happen, man. You know, like you think things are what they are until you get them. You know, like I got the house and it was great. We had some big parties, had a lot of fun, and I'm very, very grateful for the some memories. Very wild parties. Oh, mate, the parties, the <laughs> parties were crazy, dude. They were nuts, and I'm doing. I'm gonna do more. Like it's not ruled out forever. I'm gonna for sure throw some more parties. I'm sure them parties would have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, I spent nearly three hundred thousand dollars across you know two to three parties there, and it's just. No, it wasn't monetizable. Didn't make any money. You know, I spent nearly all of my own money on everything. The only thing that was really covered was the alcohol. So I, you know, yeah, you must have got sponsored by a few. But that, 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 what you had, um, like Nitro Circus people in in this uh, sphere at one. Oh party. yeah, we they weren't actually the Nitro Circus guys. We had the Globe of Death or whatever you call it, where the two motorbike riders going around. I was standing in the side. We had circus guys, the jetpack guys flying around in a pool. We had. Chicks on sword stilts. swallowers, stilt walkers, fire breathers. We had girls in balls in the pool and shit. We had strippers. Man, it was just it was just a, a crazy party, and I'm never ever going to be regretful. Money comes and goes, and to provide that kind of entertainment, that kind of fun and party for the people there, for all these things, and to make the content to watch back forever. I wouldn't care if I ended up broken a ditch one day. I can go on YouTube when I'm I could just fucking watch it and be like, cool, I did this. This was fun. Like, no regrets. It's, it is what it is. Money comes and goes, and yeah. A lot of people are too selfish to provide fun for other people. And I probably wasn't even in the financial position where I should have done that. But I did because I wanted people to have fun and I wanted to put on a good time. And I wanted to be like, cool, if people think of partying and me, they're going to know that it's going to be good. You know? did, did you know at the time that when you start, you know, like when you start planning for these parties, do you know at the, do you know at the time they're going to cost you a hundred grand at the start? I don't think you do, do you? Nah. I think they just expand <laughs> to cost a hundred grand. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, was like, I was like, 50K should cut everything and then 50k is gone like that i'm like fuck how do we make this cheaper and because you put know. a boxing ring in your house didn't you i bought the boxing ring after one of the big parties but i had that in my house and it was it was so much fun mate. i actually didn't do that till january but the boxing ring was sick we had girls in there in lingerie just like fighting and having fun and it was awesome man it was a great great chapter in my life but like i said the house maintenance was like four or five grand a month on top of like the mortgage repayments and it wasn't I didn't leave there because I couldn't afford things. I'm still a bit, was making great money. It was easily affordable. It's a waste, isn't it? It's a waste. It's a waste, mate, especially when I spend so much time overseas. You know, I was living there by myself for the last three, four months. And, you know, to be spending that kind of money, that maintenance, it was stressful. And a lot of people knew where I lived. People would knock on the door every day. Oh, is Jackson here? Can I say hello? And I, you know, I appreciate all my supporters and stuff and it's great, but I don't, I like to have a nest. It's like inside of my home is the only place in the world where I would like to just be left alone. Yes, I threw the big parties, but that's at my own accord. I don't want people rocking up, knocking on my door to say hello, people driving past yelling at my name. Like it just, yeah, I didn't really like, I want to have like a bit more of a private thing and obviously throwing big parties for the public and friends and people come like, people are going to know where I live and people are going to, it's fine. I'm not, I don't have many enemies or anything like that, but I was just kind of over a few things and I thought I need to focus on myself. You know, I went through that breakup and it reset a lot in my brain. And I thought, all right, it's time to just, it's now or never. I need to get my shit together. I need to get on top of my health, my back problems so I can start fighting, you know, and I had to go through that breakup and I just had to go through a lot of things this year, man. And I think you, in life you go through a fair few stages and I feel like I'm at a stage in my life and maybe you're at the same stage where you have to remove a lot of stuff to allow a lot of other stuff to come in. Mm. And I think I think you have to be willing to let go of things that might be painful. Like it's, I imagine just letting go of a house that was a dream to you is, is harder than you actually make out because you do become attached to these things. Oh right? yeah. Like when I sold it the whole first month, I was like, fuck, should have I sold that? Like, should I? And then it was like, no, you just got to remind yourself of the things that you didn't like about it, you know, because there is a reason I wanted to sell it. And, you know, once you keep reminding yourself that 
it does make the process a bit easier. But like you said, I just wanted to front everything and do everything this year and get it done with because, you know, I'm grateful for the breakup as hard as it was, you know, like it's, it's taught me things and I'm, I feel like I'm growing as a person and evolving. And now the next relationship, if I have another relationship anytime soon, now I'll know things that I can do differently, ways I can act differently, ways I can be more intimate and supportive and, and present, you know, and not as selfish with my time. Um, selling the house, you know, next time I buy a house now, I'll be a little bit smarter and make sure it's in the right spot. Is it everything that I want it to be? You know, I've got my back surgery now. There's no holes back. I'm going to fight next year. KSI's manager, um, Mams Taylor, he's reached out a few times and asked if I want to fight on one of those cards. Oh, so, on the undercard or fight what? KSI? <clears throat> no, fight on one of the undercards um, in, in London next year. So stick my, around. My mate, my mate Tommy Martin in the early days um, trained Deji. Oh, yeah. His brother. So yeah, cool. I saw... I saw, <laughs> I saw Deji's lack of training before a couple of his fights. You yeah. know, like the some people are just—it's going to be hard for them to to get that skill. Some people just naturally are more coordinated than others. I think. Yeah, he's just, he's just not he's just not he's just not made for that. She's not made for that game. Deji's no. not made for that. You game. know, with me, I he, they're all nerds, bro. They're, they're nerd. They're they're like just nerdy dudes. And that, there's nothing wrong with being a nerd. You actually like boxing for a start. So I enjoy boxing. I enjoy violence. I enjoy training. I enjoy physical contact sports. I grew up playing rugby league for eight years, then union for three years, and I've always been in and out of different sports. I definitely had my fair share of you know punch ups growing up, whether it's in sports or not. And just not that I enjoy inflicting pain on people. It doesn't make me happy, but it's like. I don't know. It's just like a. It's just something that lights me up. Gets it's masculinity, adrenaline. exactly. It's masculinity. Wrong like, with it. like the whole world's trying to take masculinity out of the world right now. Like the but moment, bro. The moment I get in this boxing ring, the moment like they're gonna be like, "Whoa, this isn't like a YouTuber fighting. This is like some just psychopathic dude with some built up problems that just wants to fuck these cunts up." And that's what I'm gonna do. Like, I'm where, 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 where do they come from? Because obviously that's something. There's that, a built up rage in there, bro, and, and some people are going to cop it when I get in that ring because it's it's unfair for them to let me fight the YouTubers because I don't look at myself as that. It's like I'm a social media dude. I'm a bit reckless. I'm a wild man. Yes, I have a sensitive side and I like to talk and get deep. But make no mistake, I can switch up. I can turn that adrenaline on and I can get some rage there. Calculated anger, calculated rage, and a bit of chaos. And I'll, I will not feel their punches. I will not be worried about anybody, bro. I'll put my hand through someone's head, my, like. It'll be dangerous. Someone's going to leave on a stretcher when no, fight. No, I, I, I believe you, but I've just, throughout this podcast, it's like you've come alive when you're talking about boxing. Yeah, well, it's something I've wanted to do and the back problems have caused a lot of mental frustration. It's not even like, I'm not like, fuck you, I can go box and make millions of dollars because I have an audience. It's like, I want to do it to go in there and prove that there's not one guy that does this social media shit that's going to leave that ring like conscious. You know what I mean? Like, I want to get in there and prove something. But what? why do you need to prove anything to anybody? It just makes me feel good. I want to prove that these guys that are acting these ways and, and talking like they're about it and that they can do this and they can do that. They're all shit. Like I'm watching their boxing and none of them are good. Like none of Logan and Jake are doing okay. I'm not saying this because I'm friends with them, but even Jake's fight against Anderson Silva, he looked like he was gassing out. He had a lot of holes in his game. He was getting hit pretty easily. Have you seen um, some of the back clips to that fight? No. The slow-mos? No. I'll show you some after this podcast. You, you've done boxing. You'd know what it's like. I don't rate any of their skills really. Like, well, 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 it's not so much that it's it's more of the it's more of a when you I'll show you a clip after this podcast, but the clip where Anderson Silva goes down with a a check right hand over the top from Jake Paul. I did see that. Yeah, yeah, right. It was staged. It was staged. <laughs> no it was, shit. It was he just staged. took a knee. He didn't really get no, knocked they, down. No, 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 no. He didn't. He didn't get hit at all. Mm. And I'm just saying that a lot of this in quotation marks, boxing that we're seeing at the moment is is just forgery. 
it's it's fool's gold. It's not real. It's Let me ask you something. Do you think that Jake's fights are rigged? You can say anything. Because <laughs> look, 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 I've got look. a good response to this because I, I've thought that same thought many times. It's yeah. crossed my mind. And you look at comments on every boxing page or anything to do with it. It's like rigged, 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 rigged. This is shit. Like, it's, no, I'm not saying he's, no, I'm not saying he's personally shit. I'm just saying that there's... there's I, I've been in the changing rooms at, at amateur level with amateurs, top level amateurs. I've been in the changing rooms with, 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 with professionals that are paid to lose paid to lose in yeah. the change. No, I've room. seen all this myself. Right, yeah. Inside professional boxing. I've seen the inside of professional boxing and I've worked at world title level as a professional trainer. It happens here in Australia too. It happens in Australia more than anywhere else. What I'm saying is I personally believe that the, 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 the opponents are picked at the right time and they're, and they are not ambitious in the slightest and they are taking a payday. Now, whether that transponds to them <coughs> saying to, to, does that transpond to me saying that they're, that it's rigged? I don't know. I just I can only tell you what I see with my eyes, and what I saw with my eyes was a man who didn't get hit go down and take a lot of money, and at a time when perhaps Jake was maybe gassed because well. it doesn't make him look bad either, Anderson Silva. I mean, it does to an extent, but it also like, he's been retired for a while. His days are done. He knows that it's just it's a good payday. But the reason I ask, I have no problem if you think it's rigged or if anyone thinks it's rigged. I'm not that they're not like my best friends. I don't care. Like people say it's rigged. It is what it is. I've thought. At times there, when I watched Tyron Woodley get knocked out, great punch, but would he drop his hand that easily? I don't know, mate. But the reason it's it's, it's, it's I tell I tell you what I believe from being around the kind of people that I've been around in in the boxing world. I'm telling you now that it looks very choreographed. A lot of these knockouts, a lot of these I saw something that really just clicked in my brain, and I thought because the reason I asked if you thought it was rigged is that. All the ninety-eight percent of the population are saying it's rigged in comments online. All these things. Most people just think rigged, rigged. Would you just bet? Why don't you bet the house on Jake? You know, why wouldn't you put everything you own and bet on Jake if you're million percent convinced? Not you, but all these people are so adamant that Jake Paul's fights are rigged. Bet your house on it. Bet your fucking every dollar you have. Bet on that thing, and I guarantee none of them would do it. So they're clearly not that confident that it's rigged. And I just yeah, think it's I, a good. I mean, I mean, I don't. I just don't do a lot of betting mate to be honest no not you I mean like people in general you go on any of these posts and 90 out of 100 comments are people saying like this is rigged this is rigged come with how rigged this is cool if you guys think it's rigged bet your house on it bet every dollar you have on it if you think it's rigged and if you don't bet on it or even if you're not a gambler if you you think that's just like maybe they're not that confident that it is rigged because like if I was convinced 100% that something's rigged and, and and I was that passionate about proving it's rigged I'll bet every dollar I had on it so I was I was in the UK in a a professional as a professional boxing trainer in a corner right and unnamed fighter that I was cornering at the time hit this kid it's this kid's in his like second or third pro fight and he's obviously not good enough to be yep. to be <clears throat> a top level fighter but he sells a lot of tickets right he clipped him in the second round with a shot and he literally Literally, there was looks across rings that happened and certain things that were like, you know, just step off him. The step yeah. off him looks so the kid, so the fighter stepped off him. He literally had to hold the, f- he hit, <laughs> he hit him with a hook, right? This fighter that I was working with hit him with a hook. The guy was out on his feet. And he held him up sort of. And thing. he held him up until he could regain <laughs> his like composure and then stepped off him. And allowed him the time to recover yeah. because 
that's the level of fuckery in boxing and that's why I'm not involved in it no more because I can't that how there's a lot of corruption everyone knows that there's a lot of corruption a lot and that's why UFC is smashing boxing at the minute because like look at the drug test with with um, one thing about the UFC to me that stands out is that the best are always usually fighting the best you'd not you don't have like three champions in each division holding it up and never fighting each other coming to agreements on money or this or that or locations or you have to do this like everyone arguing over who's the A side in the UFC you've always got the champion fighting usually one of the best guys like most champions in the UFC are usually defending their belt against, and you get super fights pretty regularly. You get a lot of good fights. Like Charles Oliveira versus Islam, you know, it was a crazy quick finish and it was a good fight. But, you know, in boxing to get someone, look at some of the bigger fights, like AJ versus Fury's never happened, you know, like things like that. Well, it, it, I mean, to me, it's an obvious result anyway, but like, yeah, you're right. The, be- <laughs> the, 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 the best, the best don't fight the best. The, the, the most infuriating thing at the moment, obviously, with Tyson Fury is the fact that he's got to fight Derek Chisora for the third time. Yeah. Like, you know, that's a pointless fight. And it's no wonder people turn to UFC and have an interest in UFC and have an interest in, in what I term as, like, the the boxers off YouTube. Because they, they have to be classed as boxers because some of them have got pro licenses. But those, those boxers off YouTube have become popular because people would rather watch that than watch professional arranged 100% like fraud because mm. a lot of that's fraud too so there's a, there's a lot there's a lot that goes on but you you spoke recently to uh, Cambosis and stuff like that I yep. mean you know should he be should he have gone into the rematch straight away you know what I mean I think perhaps the money was a pre- predominant factor in that mm. you know because he perhaps if he'd if he'd actually um, had the opportunity to, to, to wait and have another fight to tune up before that I think he probably would have taken it if he was yeah. honest but but this is boxing it's corrupt you know what yeah. I mean it's, it's corrupt as fuck but I the think with I, Cambosis is as well is yeah, obviously money could have played a factor in it but I think Cambosis is one of those those guys man he you know he, he would most men in general or even like any athlete whether it's man or woman would want to get a win back you know like if someone beat me for sure, I want to run it back. It's like when McGregor got beaten by Nate, he wanted to run it back. It's like, obviously, the money thing is going to be there. If it's a rematch, there's always going to be some money involved. But, you know, people people want to see... I don't think everyone wanted to see that fight straight away. I don't think so. Like, But, I mean, as a, as a competitor, as George is, you know, I think he wanted to get that win back and get in there and see if he could make things different. Unfortunately, he didn't, but... At the same time, mate, I don't think I think he's other got than, he's got he's he's a he's a phenomenal fighter, yeah, and he's and he's a nice guy too, like in terms of like and his work ethic second to none. But but the, <clears> the only problem with, with with boxing and you and you'll find out as you go down this route YouTube route with, with it. I only want to do a few. I want to keep my head out of as much as possible. But, but 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 what I'm saying is there's a lot of there's a lot of politics, and I just think that a lot of the fighters aren't aren't guided and protected right in that yeah. in that industry it's why it doesn't sit well with me it's like look after look after these look after these fights that's what i'm saying bro these youtube fights oh card i just watched recently one of my friends was fighting on it you're seeing people just get in there and some of these kids look like they've never even been in a verbal argument or even had an arm wrestle or wrestled with their friends as a kid or anything it's just like you're getting kids that are hopping in this ring who just stand here like this and, just boom, 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 boom. and they're getting their fucking heads punched in so i'm like Sitting here thinking like, is but you've you've been around boxing for quite a while, and you've been training the art of boxing for a while. You're going to get in there with someone who's who's just got a following, mate. Who's who's got no interest in boxing, mm. but just wants a payday. It's not re- it's not really matched at the right level in that game. That's that's the whole problem with it. But 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 I admire you. Obviously, there's as soon as as soon as you 
turned onto boxing, mate. It's like a switch in your head went off, and you. But I, I just, I just urge you to 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 really understand why you feel you've got something to prove. I don't think you've got anything to prove. I think you've achieved so much in life. You, it's, just a, it's just it's it's competitiveness more than it is trying to prove a thing. I think. I think it's like. I've done sports my whole life pretty much. I've always tried to be the best at things. You know, I've always tried to win. Um, it's not an unhealthy thing. I think there's nothing wrong with trying to, with a bit of competitive nature. You know, I think it's good. It keeps you alive. It's, But for me, it's like I want to get in, entertain, prove a point, not just prove a point to me, but to just show like some of these guys doing this thing. They're not good because all this – it's just like a casual fan base is building around these YouTube fights. It'd be like, oh, he's so good. He's good. They made their own fake titles in these organizations for YouTubers. And I'm like, if I win one of them, I'm just throwing that on the ground. It just goes to show you how much how much money talks, doesn't it? Because, because when the WBC and other, the other, other organizations are making belts for YouTube boxing, <laughs> it's crazy. It, just, it is crazy. It is it? absolutely absurd. If I, if I was to fight in one of these and someone goes, oh, hey, you're the champions, I'd be like, I, I swear, and time won't change. I'm not going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. That belt's getting tossed on the ground. Do you imagine then someone like Cambosis looking from the outside who's worked his absolute ass yeah. off all these years, been through the amateurs, done this, done the hard yards, had to bite down his gum shield through fights where he was getting paid fuck all. In fact, probably lost money on the training camp yeah. to get to the point where he is, to be able to get to the point where he can actually earn a million dollars. Then he can get to, to, to a pinnacle fight where he can earn like six, seven, eight million. You imagine those guys looking at the, looking at this. Well, we now. talked about it briefly in the uh, podcast I did do with him. You know, he's actually he's he's he understands it. You know, I think he understands it because he's in a good spot now. He said like he he thinks it's good. You know, he said it's good for boxing. He he thought you know there's more eyes coming to it. They're bringing more eyes for other boxers because they might come in as a casual fan just to watch their favorite social media guy, but they might get an interest to him. Like, cool, I want to watch some other fights and I watch some pro fights. You know, and then they're bringing more eyes to boxing, and more eyes means more money eventually, and more people can grow on their social medias, better brands, better endorsements, more people to tune in to watch. George understands it, but he did he did say it a bit like that. You know, like there's people out there, blood, sweat, and tears, sacrificing everything imaginable, losing money, like deteriorating their health just to get to that level. And someone walks in with you know a million followers and makes more money than they've made across fifty fights. But what I will say to that is. It's not lost on me that they also worked 15 years to get where they are because before they had a million followers, they had zero and they had to build up their following. And I suppose from a boxing perspective, people have to realise that these people have been on their own journey. It might not have been in boxing, but at least they've been on their own journey and full credit to them. Is When you walk in that boxing ring, it's taken you 10 years to get to that point where you're where you have the enough following online to be able to even get in at the level and get paid what you yep. get paid so felt full full credit to anybody that 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 kind of wants to wants to settle on that path and i, and I wish you the wish you the best it's not a long-term thing for me it's like i would like to do two or three of them get in have a bit of fun have some some purpose there to train really hard be really healthy be switched on let some steam out get in there and compete with other people hopefully i get matched up against somebody that's half decent and hey, if we get in there and have like a six round fight or a war or whatever it might be, amazing. I'd love to go out there and and just show the put on a performance. I'm an entertainer. I want to put on a performance. Wait, wait, when you when it's when it comes to money for someone like you to do that, do you get offered like six figures or? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, six figures, definitely. Any anywhere near seven or? No, not yet. I mean, that's the thing, man. If I go out there and put on two or three good performances and face plan a few people and, and put on a few good fights, no, that's good. That's that's when some more money will roll in and people are like, whoa, I actually want to see this guy fight. I don't care about his videos. I just want to watch him fight. You could end up fighting Jake. Maybe we'll see. He's a bit heavier than me, but we'll see what happens. Strange things. I trained. I trained with him last year in um in Miami in March. That's sick. But you. But so 
for the rest of this year, your plans are, you, are you leaving the country? Are you staying in Australia? I'll leave the country, mate. Yeah. The, the, now I'm back on my feet. You know, only the last week or two, I was able to start doing some light work in the gym again. It's been a really rough journey mentally for me since surgery. You know, it put me out a lot. And, you know, when I can't train, work out, when I can't even go for walks along the beach, when I can't hang out with people, when I can't go on activities, seeing all your friends doing fun things. And I'm not jealous of that. It's just envy. You know, it's like, fuck, I wish I was there. It's like, yeah. Happy for them. Wish I could do these. Wish I could make my, make some, videos, wish I could actually do some content, wish I could do some exercise, wish I could, and you're sitting around and Netflix gets old, you, you try to do a bit of work on your phone and that, but then, you know, you're left with a lot of spare time and a lot of unused energy, and a lot of that for me was going straight into just thinking about things, you know, and draining my mental state and just falling into a bad rut, but yeah, to answer your question, sorry, I get really distracted, but to answer your question, yeah, I'm going to head to Dubai pretty soon, yep. I'll do a week or two there, finish setting up a few things. Catch up with some friends there. I think the F1's going to be on when I'm there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, probably yeah. watch that with a couple of mates and just get into the, finish off my recovery and do a bit more rehab because it's, it's a pretty good place. I don't have to worry about anything too crazy out there. It's a pretty safe place is what I like about Dubai. It's safest place you'll ever, ever go. Like, you don't have to worry about people fucking with you there or anything. You're pretty sweet. If, you, if you've got an expensive watch and you wear it there, you're never going to get it stolen. Oh, mate, girls could walk around at three o'clock in the morning by themselves through dark areas and they're safe like it's a safe spot and i'll go there a week or two catch up with some friends i'm going to head from there to probably mexico for a week or two um i'm going to be doing a bit of work along the way there's some podcast guests in dubai i'd like to get on there's some podcast friends see the thing with my cut my podcast i don't want every guest to have to be a famous person i want to have just friends on with cool stories like it's unsustainable always trying to find a famous guest like i want to be able to put like somebody no one's ever heard of who understands who's fucking had alien encounters or just random shit i want to have interesting a good dynamic range of people and i've got friends all over the world that i'd love to have come on just to talk talk shit with me you know so that'll be the plan then after mexico we'll see how i'm feeling after a month on the road after you know i might get drained pretty quick with just doing not a, not a great deal the last few months but the plan is to end up in the states again before the before the year's out i'll be back in the states um and i'll set up shop over there and just park myself there for a while a few podcasts of my own jump on my buddy's podcast train see what goes on with this fight if i get a fight ink down with an opponent for february maybe i stay there and just do a short camp and then fuck off to the uk so so is america the place to be then for all for, for anyone that wants to actually really for, for a bit you have to, you kind of have to do a stint there i mean you do and you don't a lot of the big because the thing is man there's a lot of creators in australia now like gamers and beauty people all other ga like creators that i haven't even heard of until as of recently they've got millions of subscribers way bigger than people like myself shami other people like you kind of lose track. Like as nowadays, man, everyone's making content. It's like, there's just so many people making content now. And it's like, especially with the new TikTok wave, but I, I do think you have to go to America. You have to get out of here a little bit. You don't have to live there forever. Just go do a stint there, network, attend some parties, go to a few events, meet the right people, network, make a few friends. What's your advice to someone like me then? Like in terms of America, because obviously I, I, I've done pretty well in the podcast game in Australia. I've done pretty well in the UK. Yep charted obviously well in in ireland and other countries what what's what, what's your advice for me i'd say get out there for sure mate if you know a few people there and if you don't i could always put you in touch with a couple of people but get out there just take a risk you know we'll talk about this just take a leap of faith and you know i'm sure you're doing pretty well just go out there find a good area park up for like two weeks even two three weeks just get a nice airbnb or a hotel or some shit or head over there send some messages around shoot you shot you won't you won't know until you try just message a hundred people out there and just fucking end up in people's DMs, try to do a few podcasts and all it takes is to meet a couple of people and then it just starts expanding, expanding. You attend a party, you'll meet more people, have good conversations, you'll make friends and people will hang out. You, I'd say definitely get to America and, and do a few out there for sure. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think it's amazing. It's amazing that we're having this um, this podcast today of all days because of uh, in in life you get a few a few signs of of, of what you should be doing, and uh, there's been a few si- signs as of late um, that I should be expanding into like the Dubai and the the American market and stuff like that. There's been there's been signs in my life where that where that started to come to pass, and I can start to see it now. I think I've kind of um done as much as i can do in in my time in australia and this happens so to me every time i'm here bro every time i come back here and spend more than a few months i'm like fuck why like there's nothing else for me to really do out here like i need to get out of here then i go away and i don't know what it is with me bro I, there's there's probably a lot of shit wrong <laughs> but like i'm away bro and like my mind's just always spinning, always changing. I'm like, I need to get out of Australia. I need to go work. I need to go expand, go away for a few months. I'm like, fuck, I need to go home. I need to get like an actual routine. I need to get structured. I need to employ a big team. I need to get this going. I need to get a house. I need to set this up. Then after a few months of that, I'm like, fuck, I'm stressed. I don't, I don't think I'm good at running a whole big team of things. I'm going to go back overseas. And it's just this big repeated cycle. And I haven't done it for a while. You know, I've been back home for quite a while, but this time I've got a pretty, pretty good clear cut plan of what I'd like to do. And you know, there's a lot of little things I want to start, projects, businesses, even types of content. And, you know, I'm going to get out of here, go make some money and put that money where, where I want to. When I started this, I, I had this had this goal, Jackson, of like, oh, yeah, I'll just go and be the best that I can be in Australia, right? And then when I got to like 50 episodes, I was like, fuck, that's not even the goal, mate. Like, that's that, that that's a small goal if that's your goal. Like, you're you're on the way, like, you're on the way. And then before I went on the UK tour, I'd got to number five, right, in the category, education, and then, like, number 60 overall in Australia out of all podcasts. And I thought to myself, all right, I'll go UK, smash it in UK. So I smashed it in UK. Mm. Then I saw myself fall out of the charts, and then my ego got involved, right? (laughs) Then my ego's like, fuck, I can't let these Australians beat me. So I came back and got to number three, right, inside five or six weeks. And then I thought... You silly fucker! You didn't need to. You did. Well, that's all ego, bruv. Like yeah. you, 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 you came back to fight for what? Like you should have just expanded. You come back and do that, and you're like, oh fuck! It doesn't make me feel that much different, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, what's but the point? I think I think it's actually healthy to have a bit of ego in your life. I don't think it's great to like base your life and. How do you manage ego. yours though? I don't know, man. It's just it depends. There's so many different types of like ego in things. It's like I don't feel like I need to prove that I'm better than anyone at anything anymore i'd like to get into boxing and do and do some shit for sure like but that's not like a be all end all it's like i have to do that i'm gonna die miserable it's like i want to essentially i want to just turn up and prove that i have worked harder show that i can work harder it's a it's a testament to myself internal measure yeah i want to prove to myself i can knuckle down eat a clean diet turn up to training two three hours a day six days a week do my recovery put the people around the right people around me focus hyper focus on this goal be in this place in this date get inside of a ring with some fucking gloves on and prove that i have worked so much harder than this other person it's a, it's a testament to me and my work ethic it's not so i can make this person feel shit and prove i'm better than him in particular it's like i want to prove that i will outwork this person because that's i'm a workhorse you know? yeah, yeah, yeah no 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 i i, I get it you and you want to i think I think that it's more subconsciously that you want to show that your body is physically capable. You want to show yourself that your body is physically capable. Oh man, if I get there and, and I pull this off, I'll be I'll be bawling my eyes out of, of all kinds of emotions because this back shit's been a huge problem of mine. Because throughout this, throughout this, this, throughout this recording, this podcast, I felt your emotions going up and down and up and down and up and down, and then and then as you you, you elevate at the end when you talk about boxing. 
I can see what really truly gets you sets your soul on fire and I think the reason boxing does that is because that that journey at the end is the winning the win you'll win and you'll you'll get your win but that it's not really about that I don't think I think subconsciously it's about the fact of like because your body's been through so much because of the steroids because of um, the drugs and everything else you might have been through in the it's injuries mental push too. it's a, it's a mental push that when you get to the end of it you're like fuck I knew I was physically capable yep. of that, but now I've shown myself I was physically capable yep. about that. And that, that'll be a beautiful thing for you. I think that's, that's perfectly said. You literally, you broke it down and worded that absolutely perfectly. So no, no. better than I could. <laughs> no, mate, I pr- appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming on today. Right. So if there was, I, I ask all the guests this at the end, cause I really want them to, to, to leave a message that's going to impact this audience. But if there was, from from everything you've been through, the OnlyFans, the mental health stuff, the injuries, the steroids, and everything that you've been through, the breakups, the ups, the downs, the Americas, the Australias, being in the UK, creating content all over the world, from everything that you've done, right? If there were some golden words of wisdom that you can impart and leave with this audience that, that could help inspire them to do more, be more, and everything else in their life, what would it be? Honestly, I'd say get out of your hometown would be a good start because you you want to expand, you know, and it's, I could explain this pretty well. If you're in a rush, I'll wrap it up real quick. But it's like you said before, you wanted to get out of here and go be bigger in the UK and this, that, the other. It's like a little thing I read once. You put a shark in a small fish tank, he's just going to stay that big. He won't get any bigger. You know, same as, but you put him in the ocean, he'll get big, he'll expand, he'll be able to fuck go wherever he wants. It's the same as these things. You put somebody in a small little fish, like you'd rather be a small fish in a big pond rather than a big fish in a small pond. That's how I look at life. I'd rather get out to America and be unknown and have to work my way up because I know I'm, if I'm there, like it's easy to stay here. This is the thing about with something like me and Shami, you know, like he's stayed here a lot. He hasn't worked with all the people overseas and stuff. He's comfortable here and good on him. He's doing really well here. I wanted to get out of here and expand and meet new people and see what the rest of the world was like. Yeah. I say to people to get out of your hometowns, really, you have to forget that everyone exists, you know, like just trial living somewhere else for 12 months and you'll, your life will change. And anyone that's done this will probably relate to it. I'm not saying, some people might be stoked where they're in their hometowns and they could become multi-millionaires and be happy and good for them. But for people that are wanting to to break a cycle, to try, taste their dreams or try new things, first thing, move somewhere else, put yourself in deep water where you don't really know anyone. You have to fend for yourself. You have to work. Make a plan. Chase your dreams. Do what you enjoy. You can make money sitting there eating food in front of a camera now. You can make money playing video games. You can. The world in itself has never, ever, ever been this easy to actually earn money with technology, online, internet, social media, cryptocurrency, stocks, all these things. Like there's a million ways to be making money. And realistically, it's actually not as hard as people think. So there's something that people want to do out there. I say, go for it. Go all in, take a risk. If you lose a job, if you lose some money, so be it. Come back to a job. There's always going to be a job there to fill. What's 12 months out of your life at putting yourself somewhere else, take a risk, chase dreams, try not to burn too many bridges along the way, unless you're a good swimmer like me but um yeah i don't know man that's I'm not great at, at pinpointing specific things but that's just things that have helped me getting out of my hometown ignoring the doubt ignoring what people think about me unless that they're important people it's not to say like, oh fuck my family if they don't like me it's like take on board what your family and friends think but don't let it stop you if there's something you want to do yeah if it's not illegal if you're not ruining people's days get out and do it like there's a lot of worse things and just be kind to people try to remind yourself to be grateful for where you're at there's been very little times in my life where I've said, I'm, going, I'm actually proud of myself. I'm happy with where I'm at. Never really. And I would tell people to not make that mistake. Be Appreciate the small wins along the way and don't get complacent. I've gotten complacent, but I wasn't actually celebrating where I was at. It was just like, fuck, I didn't know what to do next. Yeah, that, that's why 
you know, when you've achieved certain levels, you've you've kind of because you didn't stop and celebrate, you've you've kind of felt a little bit empty and carried on trying to chase burnout as well. Yeah, really yep. bad burnout. You know, that's like me. I have no structure at all. Like I work every day for thirty days nonstop from the moment I wake up to the moment I sleep. Work, 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 work. Running around doing things. And then I'll just be burnt out. I'm fucking miserable. I'm angry. I'm like, I cannot even keep on. That's when I'll take a day off. I never organized to have a day off. I never organized this. Never. It's not like Monday to Friday, then Saturday, Sunday's chill day, relax, wait, get ready for the next week. It's like I wake up, whether it's like doing emails, doing meetings, phone calls, training, recovery from my back, making a video, editing the video, posting it, doing comments, doing messages, trying to organize my businesses on the outside, like starting this agency that I'm going to be working on organizing a boxing fight overseas, organizing vlogs, podcasts, finding staff. It's just, there's a lot more to it than people think. People are like, oh, anyone could be stupid on camera. And yes, anyone could be, but. Because you're going to start, uh, can we talk about the agency? Yeah, yeah we can talk about the agency. I'll just, just before we go, like, you're going to start an OnlyFans agency. Yeah, it'll be social media and OnlyFans agency for people out there because, you know, I wanted to create a safe space where people feel comfortable. And, you know, I had two, 300 girls at my parties. The girls were all comfortable. It was a fun time. It was it was really good. They weren't getting creeped on too badly or anything, but like you would at clubs and stuff. Um, a lot of porn stars get really badly looked down upon. A lot of management won't work with porn stars. Um, I just also want to have their best interests at heart. You know, like I want to make sure it's not a management company that just comes in, hey, give us some of your money, we'll help you make money, and then we'll get rid of you when you're not hot anymore. It's like we're gonna have an accountant that will help you guys out, an accountant that will help you with your finances, make sure you save a lot of your money in the early days so you're not broke one day when this doesn't last forever have their best interests there, have stuff like that, have female photographers, female videographers, female editors, female assistants. So all these girls are comfortable in a, in a more heavily dominated female space. I won't be there watching things and doing anything. Like I'll, I'll organize content trips, take girls down, like do a snow trip, go up to Hamilton Island, go overseas. Like I'll go on those trips. I'll make some of my own content. I'll hang out with everyone and I'll create fun and, and be that good energy. And everyone will just feel happy and it'll just be a good time. And you know, we'll help these people. We'll have, our product in itself will be the best part. We'll help people make money. We'll take a lot of work off their shoulders and that'll give them more free time to make more content and to enjoy their lives as well as looking out for their best interests outside of their work. So that's that's where I would like to go with my agency in the future. No, no, I, I understand that. I mean, the only thing I would add to that from my point of view is removing content. Obviously, Content I, removal for sure. No, 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 no. Obviously, like, no, I understand, I'm not saying about adding content removal. Obviously, you're going to add content removal to the agency. And if you want to want to talk about that, we can talk about it. But the, the one thing I would add to that agency that I don't know whether you've you've thought about is, is like, uh, from speaking to a lot of females that create content and put content online, I realize how much it affects their mental health um, beyond what most people would understand it yeah. from a psychological level. I've talked to a lot. We, we, we've talked about getting a therapist on our team. So yeah. We should be there to talk to them all, you well, know, if, he, if they need it. Here's here's the real truth. And, I, and I've spoken to hundreds of these girls over the years removing content. The real truth is that if, if I was to be honest, 60% of them shouldn't even be creating content because they would be better off fixing their relationship with the parent that wronged them or the uncle that abused them, or the darkness. If they fix the darkness inside themselves, they wouldn't even create the content in the first place, is what I'm saying. So I'd say 60% of all content creators in the adult space wouldn't even be content creators without the dark. I like that you say 60%, because there is a lot of people, like a lot of strong, happy, mentally completely normal, insane people from a great family that are doing it. And there is people that generally just want to be paid. 
And I don't and, and nothing I, wrong with that. I, I'm not judging the industry. Yeah. I'm just saying from from a guy that's removed a lot of content from the internet, like hundreds of thousands of links. It is one thing I forgot to add into the thing. There will be content removal, whether it's through <laughs> you or elsewhere, but we'll we'll be doing that. <laughs> but 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 do you know what I'm saying? Like I just Yeah, I no, ju- I agree I agree with you I partially ju- as well. I, ju- I just I just know that, you know, there's there's a lot of women out there that that make a lot of money that aren't very happy in that industry. Well, they make the money and realize that it's not filling that empty hole that, you know, was there at the beginning. It's one hole's getting filled, maybe two, but <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I know what you mean, bro. Do, 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 do you know what I'm saying though? Like, yeah, yeah. On, on a deep, on a deeper level, you know, like there's, there's people filling their pockets full of cash, but, but if, but, but then they might be suicidal because they haven't dealt with the original pain that put them. And it makes things worse. I, because and now they've got to deal with like there's porno of them being leaked and you know any future bosses if they should return to a normal job or their family seeing it or any future partners seeing it being leaked you know there's a lot of other things like you said you know a big chunk of people are doing it to fill spaces from early traumas well when me and you first spoke we were talking about you know your videos are appearing on gay porn sites <laughs> So, so like, and you weren't comfortable with that at the time. If it, like, do you know what I mean? Just like, to be frank, it doesn't matter that it was gay. That wasn't why I was uncomfortable. It could be gay or straight. I just didn't like my shit being leaked. But you can't always stop it. Yeah, no, no. But what I'm saying is like, the, but it's, it, but but you, but there's a lot of measures that need to be in place to make sure that these people are in a right mental state before you take them on. I think you will do that in your agency. I don't think many agencies do do it at all. I think a lot of agencies just grab cash in that space, which is fine. But there's, but I, I tend to see people at the end of their careers, right? Oh shit. I want to have a family now. I want to clear the internet up. Oh shit. My mental health's being dramatically affected. Frankie, I need a solution. That's what I see. So I see that. T- that's why I say sixty percent because it's not. It's not. It's never going to be a hundred. But anyway, that's just my opinion. No, I, I think it's a, it's a really good thing to say, man. You know, and, and it will make people think twice about doing it. That some people just do it without thought. So it's good to put it out there. Anyone listening, it's it is a really valid point you make. You know, like some people end up that way. Not all people, and that's why you said sixty percent. But you know, I never got in there to fill a thing. I was just fucking bored of doing the same shit. And I was like, I'm just gonna have some fun, do something different, and that's why I did it. The um the other thing I want to say as well is the fact of n- the reason why they're better off being under someone like you is because you've actually made money. There's a lot of people that have that have lost their self worth potentially um, because they've done it for the wrong reasons. Mm. That's why I say the word self worth. That haven't made the cash that you've made. Yeah. So I'm I'm saying it's a lot easier to get over when you've made the cash that you've made than potentially some people that have have lost lost a part of them potentially, but they've only made ten grand. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's there's a whole there's a whole array of things that I'm sure you can guide people well, down. I, yeah, well, I, I can prove that I've got a, a good formula there to make good cash yeah. and how to do things outside of, like honestly, making the contents the the, the least amount of thing you have to worry about. It's every other little detail. It's the marketing. It's the it's the internal back end. Yeah. The back end. I mean, as a business model, I really respect the subscription model the OnlyFans model sell it you know selling the front end subscription the back end how you make the money on the back end messages and all that stuff I really respect the model I just don't think the model's right for 60% of people that out of the 100% that think it is right for them do you know what I mean that's that's all I say on the mental it's just important to to in, include a bit about the mental so thing. you hate porn stars no no <laughs> I, no I don't no I don't no, I just, I'm just joking bro no I know I know you are but like I really want to say this to there's a lot of people suffering in that industry hey, 100% there is that's why I think it's a valid subject to to raise and talk about I think it's 
Yeah, it is. It is an untalked about thing as well. Yeah, no, no, no one talks about it, and that's why. And, and I am the perfect person to talk into it because I've seen the removal side of yep. it at a high level. So it's, it's the game I know. But, mate, loved having you on. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you for finally Thank you very much. We, we got round to it before your trip, mate. I wish you every success in life. And guys, do me a solid favor. Yeah, hopefully we, we've we've talked around many different topics in this podcast. Jackson's journey, his boxing stuff, and all that stuff. We've we've dropped a few golden nuggets in this. Hopefully, you've got some value. Like it, share it, subscribe, share it on social media, share it with your friends. I appreciate every single one of you. <laughs> much love, guys. Peace out. Ciao for now. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.